Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering listeners of the Always Be Booked podcast a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash alwaysbebooked and browse the unmatched selection of audio, download a title for free, and just start listening. Go to audibletrial.com slash alwaysbebooked today. Yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink packing and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Yeah Woo. All aboard And welcome ladies and gentlemen To the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show Coming to you not quite live From the K-Compound Down here in Boca Raton, Florida That's right Fort Lauderdale West Palm Beach, we kind of like right in the middle there, maybe 25 minutes from each, in a very, very nice part of the country, one of my favorite parts of the country, South Florida, USA. All right, uh, so I've been away a little bit. We've taken a couple of extra days for this one. Usually you would have had this episode a few days by now. Uh, but the problem was I'm just a little under the weather. You still might hear the remnants of a little bit of a, a voice-altering little, I guess just a little uh, a little cold. I didn't ever get sick. I never felt bad. I never got kind of like anywhere dehabilitated or anything where I was, you know, actually feeling like I was legitimately sick. But I just had the whole throat thing one morning and then a little stuffy nose. And then I was like, you know, when I would speak, it would sound like those of you who listen to the Patreon know, it sounded like a little, uh, a little horse. But then coming around now, it's almost gone. So here we are. Let's get this episode done. And in the spirit of us being away a little too long, let's get right into things, shall we? All right. The Norwegian spirit recently had what would many consider to be a disastrous sailing as the ship experienced some awful weather while making its way through northern Europe. Now, this was billed as a mystical Ford's, Ford's voyage, a 14-day cruise of a lifetime. It was marred with port cancellations, broken equipment, unruly guests, and what seemed to be a fairly unprepared staff. Now, the cruise line policy is very clear. And the fact that passengers' uh, safety is always going to be the number one priority, as we know. Once you're on board, itineraries can change drastically for any number of reasons. And in this case, the Norwegian spirit missed multiple stops due to bad weather. But the cruise line did make every effort to replace them with more navigable ports. Now, here's what happened. Some of these substitute ports were also eventually deemed unsailable. Uh, initially, the main story was the fact that this amazing sailing was on unfortunately abbreviated due to circumstances far beyond anyone's control but then the narrative began to switch and the focus shifted to onboard reaction from some of the unruly passengers as guests began to congregate to the main atrium i don't know man i don't want to i don't want to use this term but it seemed like a kind of a mob mentality started to develop and people started to become abusive towards various members of the ship's staff and crew. As guest service representatives and other employees were taking on fire, some guy 
He said he was the general manager or the manager, something like that. I don't know what a general manager is on a cruise ship, but that's uh, from accounts that I've gotten. That's what they said he was. Uh, that's what he addressed himself as. He came out to address the group. Now, I've seen this a lot of times. Uh, I don't know. I think it may be some sort of, um, I don't want to call it a lost in translation thing, but a lot of times people from America... You know what I mean? They're used to being kind of everything is guest services oriented and customer service oriented. And the default is to do exactly that. But then what you have is you get these officers on board. Now, these officers, they're uh, let's just call it an elevated level of ego. They don't necessarily have to kiss the guest's ass. All they have to do is make sure their regular crew members are kissing the guest's ass. So they're not used to kick kissing anybody's ass. And... Uh, that's what happens. So they get involved and uh, some things start to go awry. So he came out to address the group and after barely being allowed to speak, he was quickly shouted down by various members of the mob with, with comments like, buddy, you're not a manager. We want the head. We want the guy who's driving the boat. What you're doing is not helping the situation. Now, Matt from Texas, shout out to Matt um, he uh, he was on this cruise, and he was a guest with Doug Parker on Cruise Radio, and he gave a firsthand account of just how volatile the situation became after the announcement of uh, additional missed stops. And I have a quote from Matt. He said, about 10 days into the cruise, that's when people started to gather in the atrium, and it escalated pretty quickly. Matt also added that the gentleman who identified himself as the general manager probably could have done a better job of de-escalating the situation. Matt continues, he started yelling over everybody and rather than handle them or pull them aside, he gets upset. He walks off and then he just leaves everybody. So that's what I'm talking about. So he goes out there, he's got his stripes and usually he's used to walking around the cruise ship and if he says something, you know, uh, anybody from any one of the 152 nations that are on board will stand at attention or sprint in whatever direction he points. You know what I'm saying? So he's kind of got that swagger and that mentality. Now he's dealing with, uh, you know... (laughs) pissed off tourists and uh, you can't go into that with the same mentality you would with the staff so he goes in and he thinks he's going to just take control of the situation and just yell over everybody so that's what he does he starts screaming over everybody and it's just you know the the what it sounds like is like the bedside manner wasn't there and these people that they want they're pissed okay so the first thing you need to do is show sympathy you ever call one of these customers now they the customer support lines they do it to a to, to a fault. You ever call uh, DirecTV or if you ever call one of the cable companies or your phone company and you tell them about a problem. You tell them about the problem. You'll say, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm hearing this click. Every time I try to get a connection with somebody, there's this click and then there's static and then I can't hear them and then I lose the call. And then you go, oh, Thomas, I hope your day is going well. And I am sorry about the issue you're having regarding the click and then the static and then you losing the call ultimately. They will literally repeat the, pro- the, the problem back to you so as to put you in the frame of mind where you know that they have understand the problem. This guy came in and clearly just started shouting. And then were, the people on board were just not having that. They were like, no, 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 you shut up, sir. We're not listening to you. We want... Uh, sympathy. We want our we want our asses kissed, but uh, that's just uh, not what happened. I reached out to Matt, and he summarized it by saying that he realizes the cruise lines cannot control the weather clearly, nor are they obligated to give any refunds or anything like that, as per the cruise agreement. But 
his point was is that he's seen all these other cruise lines for way way less situations whether it's you know you miss a day in bermuda or uh, something else happens he's seen them be way more accommodating in far less egregious circumstances so i totally get that where he's coming from and you know another thing he mentioned and he i think he's spot on with this one once you thought once they realized that they were going to be missing some ports right turn on the damn internet for everybody you know what i'm saying not everybody books through the cruise line all their excursions and things like that and you know people were saying how we want to cancel our excursions that we paid for so we can get our money back in a timely fashion and i get that not everybody books through norwegian so it's like all right, turn on the internet and let people in. And even if it's not the excursions, if people maybe are back home wondering, you know, I got my loved ones sailing through this awful weather, you know, maybe give a, give a shout back home, let them communicate a little bit. That's the least you could have done is given a couple of days free internet to the whole ship. Um, but they did not. After many complaints and aggressive uh, an aggressive social media revolt, Norwegian ultimately did decide to award each guest with a 25% future cruise credit. Now, I would like to know from you guys, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, uh, if you think that was fair. Should Norwegian have done that? Did they do too much? Did they not do enough? What should have happened? Listen to the interview, I would say. Listen to Matt's account of the interview because, again, I would love to kind of go blow by blow with it, but I, it would kind of be like you'd lose it. You know what I mean? You'd lose I, – I had to read it and listen to it a couple of times to gain a full understanding of what ports they went to, what ports they missed, what were the replacement ports, and then what, which of those replacement ports were were missed. So, uh, I mean, that's uh, that was, that's rough. By the way, Matt was on a back-to-back, so now he's doing a little bit of a um, – a little bit more of a – Tropic, tropical-ish type of cruise through the Mediterranean. And uh, unfortunately, his lovely wife, Thelma, came down with some bronchitis. So they sh- switched over ships. And now she's been in the infirmary for a good portion of the beginning of the second trip. And uh, always be booked. We want to give a good, warm get well to Thelma. And uh, hopefully, Matt and Thelma, yeah, your vacation is going to return to normal. It sounds like it started to already. You got to see some stuff in Barcelona and you know your uh, the French Riviera and things like that. So uh, that's good. And we just hope you feel better. And we're wishing Thelma a speedy recovery. Uh, we're going to have to make up for this one. Matt, we got the group cruise. Matt is coming on the group cruise with Thelma and with a bunch of you. And I still think you should consider it. The group cruise, January 18th, Adventure of the Seas. Look it up. Big shout out to Suja and Dana. They are on board now, so we are all pumped to have them. And uh, hopefully the list is still going to grow. We're right about 20 people, I think, maybe a couple more. I do think there's going to be a couple more that join. But uh, very, very excited. Also, yeah, check out that interview on cruiseradio.net with uh, Matt when he when, – you know, it doesn't say Matt in the text. It says it's the uh, Norwegian Fjords cruise and the unruly passengers and things like that. There's references to that. And then uh, Stuart Sheeran weighs in. And Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, and uh, he, I guess, adds his – little two cents into it and Stuart Sheeran I love listening to I think he does a great job and I always <clears throat> enjoy listening when him and Doug get together I think they're they they, they have a good little chemistry going I, I really enjoy listening to them but at the same time 
I think he's just a little bit too protective of the cruise shield. You know what I mean? Like he's a little too uh, cruise industry friendly uh, when it comes to stuff like this. Yes, I think, you know, his point was is that, you know, what do they want? The cruise line can't control the weather. The cruise contract says uh, you shouldn't, you know, they don't have to do shit. Uh, the, um, the, 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 the cruise was a discounted cruise to begin with. They got None of that stuff really matters. All that matters is that you're in the customer service business and you take care of the guest. And that's what I think they should have done. And while Stuart, I do understand he is protecting the cruise industry, I do think they're, you know, ultimately you have to focus on the fact that it's customer service based. And if you're not remaining in line with what the other cruise lines do, then you know what? You're going to take some heat, and I think it's fair. All right. We have another cruise line getting into the roller coaster game, and it is not one of the big three. Last year, Carnival announced that its newest and largest ship, Carnival Mardi Gras, they don't call it Mardi Gras 2, but it's really Carnival Mardi Gras 2, will feature the first ever roller coaster at sea. Uh, Genting Hong Kong is the owner of a cruise line called Dream Cruises, which recently jumped to the front page by announcing they would be building, ready, the largest roller coaster at sea. Granted, it's only the second, and there's only two ever in production. There's actually none right now, but there's two that are currently in production. Nonetheless, this is a move that significantly distinguishes Dream Cruises and puts them on a shorter list of the world's most recognizable cruise lines. Um... The ship is going to be called Global Dream, and it's scheduled to be completed at the start of 2021. The roller coaster itself will be dubbed the Space Cruiser, and it will be able to top out at speeds of just under 40 miles per hour on a track that stretches 300 meters long at the top of the ship. Uh, There's going to be three carts that are uh, able to hold two passengers each with a throttle Almost like it's a, it's a lot a lot like Carnival's Bolt Sea Coaster. Uh, it was just a little bigger. It will allow riders to control their speed. Uh, while the coaster will remain within the walls of the pool deck, the configuration and the alignment will kind of give, when you're going around a couple of the corners, it'll give the illusion that it does extend over the outside of the ship. So if your mind's eye will tell you that you're over the outside of the ship, but the, um, in reality, you will remain on the ship. Uh we got a quote, Dream Cruises is excited to unveil the innovative and exciting space coaster on board the newest addition to our fleet, the global class shipped ship shipped i keep doing it named global dream which is set to debut early in 2021 said michael go president of dream cruises and head of international sales genting cruise lines uh he continues as part of our commitment to develop the most technologically advanced cruise ships in the world the newly constructed global class ships will dazzle guests with cutting edge features and facilitate facilities facilities that will optimize convenience for our passengers and also provide innovative leisure entertainment and recreation options to appeal to a broad range of guests as we continue with these big higher-ups with these long and sentences um pretty cool stuff though i i didn't genting is like a, a large parent company i guess cruise line that i didn't even really know they weren't really too on my radar but then when i tried to look this up a little bit i saw that they were uh, in the same class as breakaway so i realized they must have some sort of a norwegian affiliation i looked that up and i found that 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 was true genting uh actually owned norwegian before they gained their independence sometime between 2011 and 2015 uh it just took a little while to happen but uh, that's when the birth of uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines Holdings uh, was born. 
and Norwegian became its own company, and then they started buying cruise lines. So, uh, the Space Coaster will be—I'm sorry—the Space Cruiser will be the featured attraction at Dream Park at the pier, which is the first ever theme park concept at sea. Other features will include a trampoline park, uh, bouncy inflatables, a surf simulator, and other water attractions. So, they are going. Uh, the the goal or the perception is to go full-on theme park with this. And yeah, man, I guess Genting and um, Dream Cruises, by the size of the hardware here, it looks like they are getting into the the big boys. They're trying to, uh, you know, I can't even count how many cruise lines are out there. But, you know, obviously you have the big three. And then you have the people behind them, which are, you know, maybe you, for whatever purpose, I'm not saying better, but I'm just saying the biggest cruise lines are Norwegian Carnival and Royal. We all know that. But then you got your princesses, you got your celebrities, you got your Disneys, you got your MSCs, and you got your, uh, who's coming, who's coming up, um, uh, uh, Virgin. So you have a lot of these, these ships, and then you have a bunch of others. You know what I mean? You have your P&O, your Holland America, your... Now, these guys, they're not really on my radar so much. I think they're big in Asia, but who knows? Maybe they're making a push. Like I said, this is the type of thing that will put them on the radar of the general public and definitely get them in the mix and get them a lot more PR. Uh, So it's another day and another innovative next-level cruise announcement from the cruise line that leads the way in all things WOW. Royal Caribbean announced that they will be developing another perfect day private island paradise. But this time, it's going to be deep in the South Pacific. Cruisers, get ready for the perfect day at La Pela. La Lepa. Wait, hold on. I think I know how to say this. La Lepa. La Lepa. Yes, La Lepa. La Lepa. Not La Lepa. No, it's La Lepa. Yes, got it. Uh, In Vanatu, which is the first ever cruise line private island... In the, in the South Pacific, and it's projected to open to the public in 2022. Perfect day at Lalepa. That's not going to be uh, any arguments over the key or K thing. Uh, so that's that. Michael Bailey is the CEO and president of Royal Caribbean International, and he teamed up with Vanatu's prime minister. So what you have here is Vanatu, and it's a... It's a few islands that are, I don't know how many miles, 50, 100, 150, a couple of hundred miles off the coast of Australia in the South Pacific. And then one of those islands is La Lepa. And uh, there you go. So that's where, you know, Michael um, Michael teamed up with the prime minister. And that's Charlotte Salwai, Salwai the other day. And he made this grand announcement. We believe our destinations should be sustainably designed, he said. The idea goes beyond simply protecting the ecological features of Lalepa and includes showing respect for the people and traditions that make this a special place. Anyone who has encountered the tremendous natural beauty of Lalepa can understand why it is the perfect setting for perfect day. Our guests who travel in the South Pacific are seeking authentic adventures and genuine relaxation, and they will find both here. All right, so Royal Caribbean has not yet released much in the way of specifics for the island, but if it's anything like Coco Cay, cruisers in the South Pacific will be in for a treat unlike anything they have ever experienced. I mean, you got the one, right? You can't go. Once you, That's one thing Royal Caribbean never does. They don't do it. And then go halfway on the next one. 
they usually at least equal it, but not equal it. Even if it's just to say they did it better, they do it bigger. So Oasis of the Seas is the smallest of the Oasis-class ships. They didn't go smaller. They went a couple of feet bigger. Uh, Labadee was an, is an amazing place to visit. They upgraded. They went to Coco Cay. Now they got perfect day at Lalapa. Do you think that they're going to do it any less than they'll do it? Now, the other thing is I'm surprised that they're doing it there because I'm just wondering how much actual traffic is going to get there. I understand the Australian market is a powerhouse. It's big, but it's not like the Caribbean. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know if it's like the West Coast. If, I, if they were going to do some sort of a private island out you know, anywhere other than the Caribbean, I would have guessed that the first place would have been maybe the Mexican Riviera or off the coast of Southern California or something like that. Uh, I'm surprised, but hey, listen, I'm guarantee they've done their research so uh i'm sure it's going to be great um so they haven't released much in the way of specifics and uh it's going to be big sustainable um perfect day at lalepa will be the first ever carbon neutral private cruise island which means i had to go do some research on that that means there'll be a system in place that will remove carbon emissions at the same rate in which they are produced so it's basically going to be neutral it won't be able to say it's void of carbon but they will be working to get rid of it like i said at the same rate it will be produced there will be also programs in place that will educate cruisers and give them a first-hand encounter with the island culture that exists in that part of the world along with its history and its people it looks like the most proximal home port destination to this is australia would you consider cruising from australia to enjoy this historic project would you i know i wouldn't i ain't going to australia i don't think there's any trains that go to australia are there yeah i'm not making australia anytime soon but however having said that i am a a culture buff and i'm interested in different types of cultures and uh, i do have a huge affection for the caribbean culture and the island culture and things like that from jamaica the arawak and all that stuff and from Cuba to Puerto Rico to Jamaica, even down to Aruba, the connections with South America, how it went from, you know, the 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 natives that were there first, the indigenous people, then the slave trade, and then the, you know, the Latin influence that it had. So I do get interested in all that stuff. I learned a lot about it. I do not know much at all about that whole South Pacific Polynesian type thing. And, you know, that's a little bit more of an Asian type of um you know, uh, influence going on over there, and I don't know much about it. The one thing I do know is that what is it? The ho- the hoka? The what is it? The dance they do? Now I gotta say, this is what I, I used to. I, I'm I'm, a, I'm an idiot, so I used to shit on that thing. You know what I mean? When they used to do the because uh, I all I ever saw of it was. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? When they do that dance, when they go who, and they do the crazy eyes, and they have like you know they it's very tribal, and somehow it worked its way onto sports field. Like whether it's up, I, I even seen baseball teams do it. They all stand there, faced off against each other, and now I'm shitting on it right now. But ultimately, I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to come around here to where I'm not shitting on it. I'll tell you why I was shitting on it initially because it was just like you would see it on on soccer fields, Australian rules football. It would just be in these things, and you'd see these two teams that are about to literally play for a championship. They'd square off against each other. They'd face to face, and then they would take turns doing this like crazy foot stomp and you know acting like they're holding like uh bamboo sticks and they're sticking their tongues out while they're making crazy eyes like ha ah, I'm gonna insane I'm just gonna eat you alive type of facial expressions and I'm just like 
this uh, we're about to play football here. Like, what's going on? Like, is this a is this like what's with the West? I'm just saying out there, none of that stuff would like intimidate me. You know what I mean? They do. It's like supposed to be like an intimidation little dance, and uh, I just be like, what? Are, what is this West Side Story thing? Like, what? Are, why are we doing choreography? Before we freaking go to you know go go to battle here and play play football and butt heads for real, why why do we have to do a twenty minute choreography session? But then I did realize and I did my homework and talking to certain people that you know do have an affiliation with that type of thing, it's just a flat out tradition. You know what I'm saying? It goes back to you know when you know the tribes would go to war with each other or they had to defend them, themselves against other tribes that were coming in and and it just it became like a piece of their history. And in that regard, when it's passed on through the generations and then it ends up because you're on a sports team and a few other people on the team or a bunch of other people on the team come from that same little rich history, uh, then I do think it's cool again. You know what I mean? So shame on me for kind of discounting it. I just as a, like a, as a straight up intimidation factor, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not buying any of this. This is, a, this is a choreographed dance. But as a ceremony and as a historical tribute to your ancestors, I am back on board. But uh, that's just an example I'm talking about because you're to learn about the culture when you go there and uh, that whole Polynesian thing. I really am a, a little in the dark about, and I would love to learn more about that. And I guess where did that go? That stretches from like Hawaii, and uh, you know, you got Hawaii, you got you know, the Philippines, and you got Samoa, you got Guam, you got all these places that kind of are in the same, or like regionally, the same, uh, cut from the same cloth, I guess. And uh, yeah, I really don't know much about it, but I would like to enjoy it. All right, so we have a few common themes and heavily repeated mantras on the show. Now, one of them is one does not simply fall off of a cruise ship. Uh, This story is another reason why the statement holds true. Recently, the temptation for quote-unquote do it for the gram was taken to a whole nother level by a woman who decided it would be okay to put on the bikini, and stand on top of a railing of her balcony to achieve maximum selfie engagement. You got to get those likes, people. So if you got to climb a balcony, man, that's commitment, huh? And I thought I was brave for getting drunk on my last cruise and wearing a towel toga. Uh, This stunt took place on Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas, which is one of the world's largest cruise ships, and was snapped by a fellow passenger. Uh, That same passenger immediately took the photo to guest services, and the stunt woman was located and booted. That's right. She got her bikini-wearing ass selfie-taken butt kicked off the ship at the next port, of call, which was Falmouth, Jamaica. Uh, while I am a big fan of taking chances, having fun, doing the things, maybe stepping out of the whatever people think is the straight and narrow on a cruise ship, and you know, trying to see if you could touch the boundaries of what you are and are not allowed to do. Um, you know, doing the things. When you're on vacation, there are simply some things you should just not play around with. You know what I'm saying? Legality-wise, you shouldn't get into fights. You shouldn't quarrel with the locals. You should not test the limits of what the security can and cannot do to you if you get out of line and things like that. You just shouldn't shouldn't play around with those certain things. There have been many Many dumb stunts that have been attempted by passengers in efforts to show off or get that right social media picture. But just with one slip up, you can end up getting more attention than you ever bargained for and for all the wrong reasons. You know what I'm saying? Have fun. Go crazy. Make lifelong memories. But please, 
stay within the damn boundaries of the ship. What do you guys feel? Like, I know regarding this, I can seem a little bit hypocritical sometimes. Because I know so many of you had issues with some of the things that I really, you know what, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't jump off the, like somebody jumped off the helipad. Somebody did that once on the Allure, I think. I don't think you can get on the Allure anymore. One of the Oasis-class ships, you, somebody jumped off the helipad in, um, I, I don't remember the port, but they jumped it. And they landed safely in the water. Dumb as hell. How the hell do you know that that, well, I guess you know the water's deep enough. If it can hold a cruise ship, it could probably hold you. But at the same time, somebody jumped off that. And then that nut job who, you know, was hungover or still drunk from the next morning, jumped off his 10th, 10th floor balcony. Stupid. Okay? Stupid. I'm not going to lie, though. You can say whatever you want about me. I kind of say what it's all said and done. A little bit of a legend, kind of. You know what I mean? He was okay. It's not funny when it happens. It's not funny when it's going on. But at the end of the day, you're telling that story 20 years later? I don't know. You guys will kill me for that one. But for me, it's kind of a little like, all right, that's that's kind of doing the things a little bit. Yes, I agree. Too much. And I agree. I'm telling you right now. I would not do it. But, you know, what do you think? I mean... There's, there's heroes out there, people who are considered heroes. That guy who jumped off the World Trade Center is considered a hero. The guy who, um, uh, they made two movies about him. They made a documentary about him about 30, 20, 30 years ago. And then they made an actual movie that I think it hit theaters about him too. And he planned this whole thing where he didn't, uh, he didn't jump across the World Trade Center. What he did was he tied a tightrope from one twin tower to the other. And he walked it, Okay. Now, this guy did that, and I'm sure he went to jail, and I'm sure he got in trouble, and I'm sure people were like, this moron, you know, we can't, this is why we can't have nice things and all that. But history calls him a legend. History calls him, you know, and you'll say, well, that's not the same thing. Well, you know what? It kind of is. kind of is. All right, that's about it, ladies and gentlemen, for the cruise news. Let's get into the main topic for the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the topic, the main topic of today's show is a review. You know, we're doing the reviews here every once in a while. And this time, it was a four-night sailing on the Mariner of the Seas. Okay, so we'll start out from scratch. Mariner of the Seas, four-day sailing. Here's what happened. My buddy Joe gave me a call. He's like, I, I I didn't have a cruise on my radar. I wasn't thinking about cruising anything. I was kind of considering the group cruise to be my next cruise because you know what it's like how many of these things are you going to take you know what i'm saying so i realized okay so he called me so i was like you know what maybe this is possible let me look into see what's out there right now and then yeah i went in checked and i saw that the lowest price cruise because i'm you know whenever you're doing these getaway cruises for me they're just getaway cruises and i'm just looking to do a bargain basement type of situation i'm not looking to break the bank i'm looking to get away and hopefully spend as least money as possible so we're looking for the bargain basement price and we saw a 299 dollars sticker price on a four night uh, mariner of the seas sailing now i was excited because this was going to be an opportunity to get joe on a real cruise ship we talked about that before so we did all that booked it up all ready to go 
here we go. We're cruising. I told you guys the situation that you know we were on call. We were, we were trying to, and then two of our friends wanted to go. So these guys wanted to jump on. They couldn't jump on because there was nothing less than a suite that was available. They did find that all of a sudden, now the navigator of the seas sailing the same days to the same ports for the same four days out of Miami, so we wouldn't have to go to Orlando. And they were going to, uh, and it was the same price, two ninety nine. I was like, where was this thing when I was looking three, four days ago? It was not there. And I think we learned why. Um, and we'll get into that in a few minutes. But so uh, we tried to get off of our ship, our cruise. And, you know, on the Patreon, I did the phone call live to Royal Caribbean and, and aired the conversation that I had with them trying to get on the Navigator so we could switch over our booking over to the Navigator. That wasn't happening. So now it's just going to be me and Joe. Lo and behold, the next day, so I don't know, somebody canceled a uh, window, an, o- an ocean view window became available, and they booked themselves on our cruise. So now we're all going to Orlando, to the Mariner of the Seas, on a cruise that we boarded on Monday, got off the ship on Friday. Then Colin starts playing games with me. He see, I see him join the Facebook group. I see him, you know, hinting that he might be on it. I don't know. Colin's a, Colin's a listener of the show. Now he's a good buddy. But, you know, at the time, you know, we'd, I've only known him through kind of, you know, the, the, the show. And I booked him on a, on a cruise as well. But that's the extent I knew Colin on. But he was kind of talking about going on the cruise. So uh, we end up going. Colin finally tells me. Daddy's going to be involved and he's going. I'm like, holy crap, this is going to be kind of cool. So there you have it. So I did have to work that marathon weekend uh, of doing my, you know, however many days uh, in a row with Crazy Uncle Mike's. And then I knew that I was going to be doing like a 14, 15 hour shift the day before we had to leave. And then first thing in the morning, get to Orlando from West Palm, which is. Well, from Boca, it's three hours. From West Palm, it's two and a half hours. So I had to get to JP's ideally by like 10 o'clock. That's kind of what we set the time for. But I was exhausted. I mean, that was a long shift, a long shift before that as well, the day before. So it was kind of tough. I was battling it a little bit. Nevertheless, I did get up, called the Uber, packed up, ready to go. Guys, I didn't... I packed the night before. I got home. Kay had been away. So I caught up with Kay for like an hour. And now it's like 1231 o'clock. And I'm like, I got to start packing for my cruise tomorrow that I have to leave for in probably about six, seven hours. Not even. Excuse me. One second. So what I do is uh, start packing. Well, finish laundry, first of all. Finish laundry, start packing, get everything in. And now I'm ready to go. Go to sleep. Wake up the next day and uh, take a shower and then I call Uber. Now, I'm up against the gun a little bit, getting a little nervous because it's around 10.15 now. And I am a little late. I told JP I'd be there at around 10, 10.15, but it's only 10, 10.15 now and I didn't leave the apartment. And it's about a 25-minute drive to JP's. <coughs> still, still, sorry. So I, uh, so I call the Uber. The Uber comes and... I'll say this happens. I'm not saying it's the most easiest place to navigate through the K compound, but most people get it. One out of every, let's just say, 12 to 15 Uber drivers, they're not the best with either language or direction, and they have a little bit of an issue. Of course, 
this is one of those times. So the Uber that should have been there and normally is there in like seven to 12 minutes took about 25 minutes to get there. So now it's pushing, you know, 1045. And now I realize I got to get to JP's. And then once I get to JP's, we got to pick up Chris. So we're not going to be on the road till like 1130. And that means 11 to 2 o'clock. So 2 o'clock is okay to get there. But, you know, you like to give yourself a little bit of room for error. So we didn't have any room for error now. So we had to kind of get things going and get moving. So we did just that. We picked up. We go to JP's. I leave my truck there. Get into JP's car. We go get Chris. And now we're off to Orlando. And we're just making really, really good time despite the fact that there is some nasty weather we're still just making good time and yes we pull in at about two o'clock we park the car on the roof because there's no spots left we come down it's about 2 15 2 30 they say they want you on board by three o'clock the latest so as you know it kind of worked out absolutely perfectly because of the fact that um we were one of the last ones to board we never stopped there was no line no wait whatsoever so that was cool. So let me tell you, we got on the ship, they go to their room, we go to our room, and I was blown away by our room. Now, I did the upgrade, $50 a person, and I did $50 for a promenade view stateroom. That's all I asked for. And then we put in $130. I initially put in 100 and then in the middle of the night, three nights before the sailing, I moved it up to 130 because I didn't think 100 would do it. So then they show pictures of the room. So you look at the room and you see the pictures in the room and it shows it from the door. And it's very, very deceptive because all you do is you look straight through the door and it just looks like a flat out normal balcony cabin. You got the floor to ceiling, open windows, this and that. And it's just you see the, the what looks like a bed. And I'm like, okay, so we got a balcony, but they only charged me 50 bucks for it. That's kind of weird. I don't understand. All right, well, maybe it's an oversight. Maybe they're going to charge me later. We get in the room, and it's every bit as big as any suite that I've ever seen. So it's like if you go to a regular room, you know, and you get a balcony, everybody knows that the, the junior suites are barely even at all bigger than the balcony rooms. You get a much nicer bathroom. That's the case. I'll give you that. But this room was like a legitimate hotel room-sized room, and the entire wall I'm going to say at least probably about 20 feet across was all floor to ceiling window. So it was 20 feet across. It had to be about 12 feet high. And it was just a gorgeous, beautiful, big, giant bay window. And the window like went out over the side of the ship a little bit. So you can kind of like lean on the window and feel like you're over the side of the ship. We did that a couple of times. It was scary as hell. But we were just freaking out. Of course, the bed was together. So we had to go, you know. Not no freak, not, not not no freak out a hetero couple like uh, walking into a room and seeing a bed together. So whoa 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 whoa, handle this, handle this, get these beds apart. So they came in. Of obviously they did they did that. We had the couch, we had a nice chair, we had a nice TV. Here was the drawback to the room. <laughs> so it ended up being. You know, you could tell. You could tell that it was going to be a different room because even before we got in the room, you saw it was at the front of the ship where the bow or the hull started to make its curve to come in and get narrower in the front. So it made the turn. So you're like, oh, it's an interesting room because you could tell it's 
part of like where where it turns around so that gives it a little that's what gave it a little bit more space so what it did end up being we found that it was a handicapped room now we knew it was a handicapped room but it just looked like a balcony room the downfall to the room the drawback to the room is that yes we did have a huge bathroom also but the bathroom had a shower i mean it did have a chair in it that was good nice to have a chair in the bathroom in the shower but the shower had no walls to it now how do i mean by what do i mean by that you step into this you don't step into the shower you step up to the shower you didn't have to go over there was nothing to keep the water in so like there was the border of what the shower was so like imagine it's in the corner and then there's curtains going around it almost like a to square it off and on the same track parallel with the curtains was just simply a floor drain just a drain that's it just so like the water ideally was not supposed to breach past the drain and go into the rest of the bathroom that didn't work at all so Anytime somebody took a shower, the entire bathroom was flooded out. Whatever, you know, what are you going to complain about that? Look at the room we got. It was gorgeous. It was incredible. So I was fine with that. Uh, what else? So the room was out of control. Um, then we had to go down to do the mustard, mustard drill. Now, I'm going to say something here, guys. Best mustard drill experience I've ever had. It was cool because, you know, these guys, you know, they, they the employees start yelling at you. You got to go to your go to the mustard drill, go to the mustard drill. So, JP and Chris, they're like, "All right, we got to get there. Let's get there." And you know, I'm with Joe, and Joe's really got it from like the last time. He's like, "Well, I'm in no rush to get there." And you know, you play, you got to walk around and play dumb a little bit, and you get lost a little bit because you do not want to be the first at that mustard drill. You don't want to be standing out there. You don't want to be cramped in. The later you go, the better it is because the later you, the longer, I'm sorry, the shorter amount of time you're standing out there, and B, the more likely you will have a spot towards the front, towards the railing, so you're not kind of jammed in towards the back. That's an easy one. That's an easy call. So we did just that. Worked like a charm. We were in the front row. And what had happened was it was just a cool mustard drill. It was like they didn't, you know, the the minute the recording came on. It wasn't recording, right? They don't do a recording. No, the minute the guy came on to start giving the instructions and the drills, it was timed perfectly to where the Carnival Liberty was slowly uh just sailing away so we started hearing the music from the carnival liberty about three or four ship lengths before it even got to us and then it just started getting louder and louder and then we could hear less and less of what the hell the guy was talking about during the mustard drill and then we just became because it was going nice and slow obviously so we just got a treat and we were just watching this ship fly by I was taking pictures, and we were doing the whole wave thing. And the wave, there was a tight wave. It was a really cool wave, uh, wave back and forth. And then, of course, you hear the cruise director getting the party going. And we're all kind of, no, we're just getting charged up because we're listening to a cruise starting. We're watching a sail away right in front of us. No idea what they're saying. Now they're halfway through the whole entire muster drill as the cruise ship is approaching us and basically kind of coming level with us or parallel with us. And then you hear the cha-cha slide. And it's a little awkward, a little tense. Everybody just standing there listening, but everybody is really where you could tell they're enjoying the music. And then the cha-cha slide happens. Everybody clap your hands. And then in one moment, everybody in our muster drill 
just does the And our cruise was on the way. That was the start of our cruise. Everybody was cut. Everybody was that loosened everybody up. Everybody was laughing. We continued to watch the ship, the Carnival Liberty, sail past. We continued to wave back and forth. Everybody was a little bit looser. Uh, there was one, oh, there was one family behind us, and I don't know. Families don't get mad. I'm sorry, but you know, I'm I'm into families. You guys know that. I told you that, but this guy was just entertaining his kids and i realized you got to do whatever you got to do to entertain your kids because you got to keep them from crying and you got to entertain i realized that but this guy was playing if you're happy and you know a clappy hands with the kid it was a non-stop game of it towards the end if you're happy and you know clap your hands if you're happy and if you're mad and you know it say rah rah if you're if you're excited to be on a cruise say yippee he was if you're happy and he would go through the whole progression if you're happy and you know it and you really what he and then the kid was dude like you gotta like we gotta listen to the whole happy and you know what song for like 17 different topics the whole way i mean come on give us a little bit of a break if you're happy and you know it, clapping if you if you uh he at one point he said if you if you if you love them if you love the usa and you know what say the pledge of allegiance and then he'd please have to say the pledge of allegiance and then he'd go back into it. If you're happy, if you love the USA and you know it, say the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag. If you love America, you know it, and you really want to show. I, I mean, can you imagine? Give me even parents. You got to be, you got to be, you got to be kidding me with this, right? You wouldn't stand for that, right? So I turned around a couple of times, but then he was kind of cool. He just was like, you know, everybody's trying to cruise. It was fun, but I was just in such a good mood. That was the coolest little muster drill we did, and then it was over, finished, and done with. So then after that, obviously, we're back inside. We go up the stairs one to the promenade. We are not stupid enough to try to battle the elevators to get back up to deck 12 where our room was while everybody was kind of breaking, you know, breaking away. So we went to Playmakers and we stood there a little bit. And, you know, when you get on a cruise ship and you have 3,000 people on the ship, you just know, unfortunately, you're going to have morons. And, you know, it's baseball playoffs. We get it. And the Braves are playing. We get it. It's one of the closer teams to, you know, Florida or whatever. And uh, we're in Playmakers, and you have the bartenders, and you know the bar. You know how it is with the bartenders a lot of times. You know, they're, they're not American. They, don't, they wouldn't know a baseball if it hit them in the head. They don't have control of the team. All they're there to do is make the damn drinks, right? You're not at your local Spankies. You're not at your local Yard House or, or Duffy's. You're not at Hooters. These people don't know what the hell's going on on the TVs. You're lucky if there's cricket up there. But we're standing in Playmakers, and really we're just killing time. We didn't even get a drink. We're just trying to kill time until kind of like the crowd disperses. But then this stocky little chubby mustache guy is all over the bartenders. How are you a sports bar and you don't have the Braves game on? How are you? He's berating them, and then they're like, so we will, we will try. Where's your manager? Where's your? And then I'm just standing there staring this guy down because i'm just like are you kidding me i get it you want to you're like this is salary can we let them get their feet under them first we figure out they're trying to serve 19 people at once because the mustard drill just ended can you imagine more more of a rush 
for drinks on any cruise ship than right after that mustard drill? Of course. But this guy in his freaking dad visor and his uh in in his sleeveless shirt with his with his hairy shoulders is going to start berating them. And then then he decides he's going to do a rally. Screams like he's on the Norwegian Fjords cruise. Hey! Who here wants to see the damn Braves game? Screams it. Middle of, and yeah, you did have a couple of yahoos. You did have maybe six or seven people. Yeehaw! Like, let's play. Let's watch the Braves. I'm like, this is bad, man. I got to get out. Joe, we got to get out of here before I actually say something to this guy. So we did just that. Um, then we went upstairs. Uh, Colin said he was going to be um, at the schooner bar. So then we all went to the schooner bar. So now the four of us met at the schooner bar. We're hanging out. We just they, we already had the drink package. They finalized their purchase of the drink package. We're all having a good time. And then we see off in the distance. And I know kind of what Colin looks like from the pictures. But I see this, you know, on the larger side. Not, 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 not in a fat way. Just a big dude with a backpack and some sort of a rash guard shirt on. Like, start making his way towards us. And it's Colin. And he's got a giant backpack on, and he's handing out beers. So we're like, holy shit, this guy's great. So we ended up getting a little intro and a meet up with Colin. And, you know, two se- within two seconds, I realized this is a guy I could definitely cruise with. And we are definitely going to have a good time. And Colin was like, he was solo. So Colin was like, you know, I'll be around for whatever you guys, whenever you guys want to hang out, let's hang out. You know what I mean? If you guys w- if you guys want to do your own thing, go tell me to beat it, whatever. Of course, I'd never tell him to beat it. I was, so that's the thing. Colin and me, we, we cruise similarly, very similarly, more similarly than, than, than a lot of, you know, in a lot of ways, the people that I went with. So I was happy to have Colin there. It was great. But, um, yeah, you know, I was hanging out with the fellas sometimes. Then I'd go over to Colin, hang out with Colin sometimes. And then there were times when all, all five of us would hang out together. And, you know, sometimes then me and JP would bring So it was cool. It was a cool little flow. Um a little bit different, but uh, that's it. So now we're now we're together. We're hanging out. We go up by the doghouse, and we get a couple of dogs just to kind of get something in our stomach while we're about to start drinking. And then while we're sitting there, I just I got that was my first moment of a little bit of cruise bliss because I has got ordered a drink, and Colin was like challenging. You know what I mean? Colin's like, yeah. I got a drink right in front of you. What are you nursing your drink for? Colin's giving me a hard time nursing drinks. I'm like, you know, you don't know the beast you're waking up. Hands me a Coors Light. I'm like, Colin, you give me a Coors Light. What is this? And I just pounded it down like it was literally like a, like it was like it was iced tea. And I just ran. I played full court basketball. Just ended the Coors Light right there. He's like, all right, I see you. And then, uh, you know, then we then we just sat down. And then we're always in the smoking section because these guys smoke, Joe and JP. So we're always in the smoking section, which was fine with me because I would just hang out on the outer cusp of it. And, uh, you know, the wind blows through there pretty good, so it wasn't that bad. And I was happy to just have the drink. And I caught a little bit of uh, PCB. You know, let's shorten it up. Pure cruise bliss. I caught a little little bit of it first day. It had been a while since I'd been on a Lido deck. But then the music started going, and they were just hanging out. We're having good conversation. The boys are all around. Colin's standing there, and I'm just sitting my fat ass on a Lido deck with a drink. Then I started double fist. I had a double fist because Colin got a drink for me, too. So I ended up doing that with two vodka sodas in my hand. And I'm just chilling. And I'm like, man, I don't give a shit. And the weather was so bad. It was getting really bad at this point. And it was so bad 
but it mattered nothing to me. Now I'm starting to get a little buzz going, and we started going on the move. So we went all the way to the back. I guess Colin, you know, had us for some reason thinking we were going to be on the Flow Rider. <laughs> so he's like, you got to get your wristband. So we go back there, and I'm like, all right, I'll get a wristband. He's like, oh, you can't have your drink. All right, I'll put it in my pocket. I put my vodka soda in my cargo shorts pocket. And they gave us a wristband, but now we're on the back of the ship. You know what I mean? How it's unobstructed and the wind and the rain and everything. The weather got really, really bad. They made an announcement. The captain made an announcement that was going to be some chop. And uh, he was not lying. But right before the sun went down, you couldn't really see a sunset. But right before the sun went down, we were in the back end with the flow rider. The rain was coming down. People are still trying to rock climb. They're still trying to surf. And we're just back there battling the wind and the rain. And I'm not going to lie. That's how you know you're a freaking addict. It bothered me nothing. And I was happy to be out there. I was happy to be looking at the water with some friends, with some drinks, and enjoying myself. And it was nice, man. But that was the thing. It really, really was. It really, really was um, uh, rocky. You know what I mean? That first, that first night was definitely a very rocky night. Walking around the ship, you just found yourself taking two or three steps in either direction. Um, that's what it was. I, I did find myself during these uh, this cruise. Now, here's what I did find myself. I found myself dying out a little bit earlier than than the rest and normally earlier than i normally would and i'm attributing that to a couple of things i'm attributing it to i was really the only one kind of going hard during the day for the most part jp joined me on that one day but these guys like i said they're nightlife guys it takes them a little bit of a while to get started so they weren't necessarily on my level during the day um i definitely am out of regular shape so i definitely wasn't you know I was, I'm about 256 right now. You know, that's another whole other story. On Monday, we start the real thing. Forget the lawnmower. We're going all in because now we're at the 90-day point. So I absolutely am ready to go in on on Monday and really begin the cruise diet. So that's going to happen on Monday. But as of right now, yeah, I'm way out of shape. And uh, the other thing is I haven't been, I don't I don't drink like I used to. I just don't. And I always say that. Like, people say, oh, I can't drink anymore like that. Like, well, you can't drink anymore. Like, people leave the bar business and they say, man, I got too old, man. You didn't get too old. You just stopped being a regular drinker. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what happened to me. Of course, yes, the drunken Patreon episode. Everybody gives me a hard time about that. I get it. You heard that. If those pay, the super cones out there, you know, you heard it. And that was a mess. That was a disaster and embarrassment. But having said that, beyond that, I don't really drink anywhere near as much. I was always good for a two and a half a week night. Like I would be kind of smashed two nights a week and then maybe a little buzz the third day. You know what I mean? That was kind of my average when I was managing in the business mostly. Now, it's not that way. I don't probably, I don't know, drunk maybe once or twice a month, if that. So now... When you're telling me I got a drink package and I'm starting during the day and I'm out of shape and I'm not, you know, necessarily rocking the shit out of the gym, you know, I'm I'm not necessarily having the same longevity. You know what I mean? I will have that straightened out by the time the group cruise happens. Don't you guys worry about that. But that's what I attributed, you know, anytime I would kind of sneak away, these guys would be kind of just getting started and I'd already be like 11 or 12 in. So that was the deal with that. So we did dinner the first night. We did the main dining room. That was the only night we did the main dining room. I had the pork chop. I really enjoyed it. Day two, I did go to the gym. 
That was the only day I went to the gym, did two miles on the elliptical, did a little bit of weights, but nothing crazy. It definitely felt good. Um, perfect day was day two as well. We all got off the ship. Uh, the fellas, uh, they started in the pool. Um, JP and Chris went in the pool first. Now, Joe doesn't do the pools, so I waited with Joe for a little while. And then by the time I was, by the time I was about to go in the pool, uh, the problem was someone had taken a shit in the pool. <laughs> so I'll use this time to talk about the crew, cruise crew a little bit. These guys are my brothers. Now, I don't know Chris that well. I work with Chris now at Blue Martini. And every experience with Chris, he's always been a great guy. And on the cruise, same thing, nothing nothing less than that. Just a great dude. You know, we definitely get along. We, we Whenever we were hanging out, all of us hanging out, you know, we... We all, we all had a good vibe, good connection. Now, Joe and JP, they're like my brothers. These guys are just, you know, people I've been in this business with for, you know, well over 15 years. And, you know, they're my boys. And that's like, that's family. Now, having said that, now I'll say this. And, you know, they, again, will say it again. And they might be hearing this right now. And you guys, if you're listening to this, you guys know you are absolutely my brothers. But everybody cruises different. And I was kind of, you know, that was like the little bit of, there was a little bit at times here and there, some sort of a disconnect, but that doesn't really make a difference because of the fact that everybody cruises how they want to cruise. Now, the only thing I'll say is that I really, really go by that whole education and then participation thing. You know, I really, really want to see what's in front of me. These guys continuously like to sleep deep into the day a little bit and then kind of lumber around a little bit. And just buy time until the night comes to where they can hit the nightclub, hit the casino and things like that. And then even even having the conversation with JP on the last day, he's like, you know, I wish there was a little bit more to do than the casino. And I even said to him, like, guys, you know, you have to. Now, this is what I will say in their defense. Okay, so this is cheesy stuff. I like cruising because I like cruising. I like all the things that come with cruising. When I go on cruise ships, I become a cruiser. And what that means, what do I mean by that? That means I take that daily itinerary, that that uh, that cruise compass, and I look it over, and fifty percent of the things that are on that, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna enjoy doing. You know what I'm saying? Because it's tradition. I associate it with cruising. You know what I'm saying? If you told me that there's a Quest game show at my local bar this coming Saturday, I hate to break it to you, I'm not going anywhere near it. If you told me that there was going to be a uh, music trivia down at the uh, local coffee shop, I'm not going. You know what I mean? This is stuff, it's, yeah, it's cheesy stuff. If you told me I can go to the church bingo night, I'm not going. It's not happening. But when I get on a cruise ship, I like to see what they have to offer, and I like to embrace it. You know what I mean? Whether it's the bamboo room, because it's a new room. And yes, I got some information on the bamboo room, which was always an enigma to me. But all that stuff, I go in and I embrace it. You know, that wasn't always like that. These guys are still new cruisers. Maybe they will. I feel like Joe and JP are definitely cruise guys. I think they like the ship. They like the, the being at sea. They like, you know, Joe just doesn't like to be in water. He doesn't like to be in the sun. But he still loves... You know, the, the what cruising offers him in the ability to kind of have a simplistic take on eating and drinking and gambling and, you know, just being able to be shipped around from island to island and not have to worry about things and not have to get in your car. He loves cruising for that. 
You know what I'm saying? I think he likes the ships too. Same with JP. But, you know, they don't go in and like, you know, I want to see who's the comedian. Who's the, and granted, I missed the comedian the first night because like I said, that was one of the nights I went in a little bit harder than I should have and I kind of died out. Um, but, you know, all the other things that are on board, you know, the, the, the things that they do, the karaoke, you know what I mean? I I don't do karaoke there on land, but I think it's funny. Even if I don't do it, I like to watch it. I like to see who's out there singing. I like to Im- immerse myself in all things cruising. And these guys don't necessarily do that yet. So, for example, we get on the private island and, yeah, Joe Joe's not happy. You know what I mean? Because Joe kind of wants his ac he wants to be in an area where he can kind of have a climate control situation and he was hot you know what i mean so they once somebody shit in the pool which they did i was like ready to get the day started i was i was like you know what i'll hang out with joe for a little while have a couple of drinks and then you know coax joe to come over to the edge of the pool and then i'll jump in and we'll hang out with those guys and we'll be kind of like have our little spot carved out and we'll have the swim up bar and we'll hang out and that'll be the day We'll go, we'll do that for a few, three, four hours, and then we'll go back to the ship. Now, that didn't happen because somebody shit in the pool. And it was almost like when somebody shit in the pool, those three guys were like, oh, well, let's go back to the boat now. I'm like, well, I don't really want to go back to the boat. <laughs> I just got onto Coco K and I'm ready to freaking have some fun. So, you know, luckily, I would have done it myself, but then luckily, Colin was there too, and he's like, well, while they're shitting in the pool, <laughs> let's go out to the barge bar. And we did just that. So we walked over. We asked the guy, how long is this going to take? He's like, it's like an hour, about an hour. So we go out to the barge bar. Now, here's what we found out. <laughs> Guys, this is my luck. And uh, Patreon people, you already know this quick, so bear with me. But what we found out was that that Navigator of the Seas cruise that was right next to us the whole way, that was the same price, that was leaving out of Miami, which is our backyard, instead of Orlando, which is two and a half hours away. What we found out was that the Navigator of the Seas was carrying over 2,000 Mary Kay employees. Okay? (laughs) You want to talk about luck. It wasn't really luck because that sailing wasn't open. I don't know what happened with it. I don't know what the deal was. I'm imagining that it was a partial charter and it probably wasn't made available until the very last minute. That's why it didn't come up on my cruise planner or my cruise search engine. And uh, it came up when they were looking because I think that they were trying to make it a full Mary Kay cruise. But then when they didn't make it a full Mary Kay cruise, I guess they opened up some of the bookings to the public. So then, you know, so as to not lose money for the sailing. So they did open it up. We couldn't get on it. But if I would have known that, you know, a bunch of, you know, ladies ranging from 25 to 50 all makeup selling women on a on a on a women's makeup selling cruise sure a lot of them brought their husbands sure a lot of them brought their significant others but it's a mary Kay freaking cruise over two thousand people on the ship that's right next to us this was a when you talk about a sister ship this was a sister ship we never it was actually kind of sad you know what i mean this is how you know you guys a cruise nerd moment we're, we're sailing around the entire Caribbean. The minute we saw the Navigator of the Seas while we were headed towards Coco Cay for that first night, Navigator of the Seas never left our sight. Every time. 
If we were in port, it was right next to us. If we were going to the next port, you look out the window in the middle of the night, you see the lights of the navigator right next to us. We were just sis, brother and sister ships sailing through the night together. And then when we, the cruise was over and we were going back home, I guess that was like they, they went their way, we went our way because we were going all the way up to Orlando and then we didn't see it anymore. It was kind of sad, a little sad, no? Yeah, what are you going to do? But anyway, yeah, so we're on the barge. Me and Colin were, you know, drinking heavy. We meet Svetlana, who is the bartender there. And she was also the bartender in the bamboo room, she told us. So we're going after it. We're going in pretty heavy. And we just start meeting these Mary Kay people. And they're cool as hell. These women, these ladies, these girls, everybody's having fun. Uh, you know, a couple of their family members. We just had a great day. And uh, that was pretty much it. So we... uh. We got off the barge, went back to the pool, enjoyed ourselves in the pool for a little while. They the, the cleaned the shit out of the pool, and then we tried to get... When we get back on the ship. Now, we're going back on the ship. I did, if you saw the live video... I well, actually I tried it twice, so I don't know which day I taped it. Uh, I tried to get on the Navigator of the Seas. No good. Here's my question, ladies and gentlemen. This is what I want to know from you. What do you think happens? Let's just say I'm the type of guy that wants to be mischievous for whatever reason. Say I just want to be mischievous and I want to try this for real. Okay, the Mariner of the Seas has a four o'clock departure time. The navigator, I don't know, this is all um, hypothetical here. The, 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 the Mariner of the Seas has a four o'clock departure time. The navigator of the seas has a five o'clock departure time. I ignore, and I'm on the Mariner of the Seas, so I'm supposed to leave at four. Let's just say I ignore all warnings to leave, all aboard signs, blowing the whistles, calling calling the name out. I ignore everything. Now, the all aboard time for the people on the Navigator isn't yet, so I could just completely theoretically be blending in with them. You know what I'm saying? I could just be walking around fully knowing that I'm supposed to be on the Mariner. But I'm just walking around, filling in. I'm not buying any drinks because if I bought a drink, they'd probably see my name and know that that's somebody. You know, they, They'd probably surround me at that point point, tell me to get on my ship. So I don't buy any drinks. I just walk around. Finally, they, they got to leave, right? That ship leaves. Would they leave without me? I would imagine they would have to eventually leave without me, right? So now it's five o'clock. Everybody gets on the navigator that's supposed to get on the navigator. And then there's me. What do they do? Do they leave me in Coco Cay? I'd love for somebody to tell me what they thought the proto what they thought the protocol would be. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I know I got I, I try to I try to tell these people. And then these people ask me, well, why would you do that? I don't understand. Why would you? Well, they're going to probably be very upset. They will, but you shouldn't do that. I'm like, I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I just want to know the protocol because I'm a cruise nerd and I'm curious what it would be, what, what the protocol would be. So, yes, I did try to get on the Navigator of the Seas just to see if I could infiltrate it. The, both times, I tried it both times, I got past the initial check of the uh, card. So the guy who's obviously checking you to get you to, for you to get on the gangway, they don't look too hard. They check really quickly. So you get on. So I was on the gangway. I got on the ship. I put my stuff on the baggage, you know, the, the uh, baggage screener. And, uh, and, and I go and I go to wait, did I? No, I didn't get that far. I'm sorry. Uh, the baggage screener was right there. 
But I give my card to the person, and then they're like, hey, how you doing? And they're literally ready to send me right through, and then something happens, and then they freak out for a second because that's like a big deal. Like, they don't, no, no, sir. What are you doing? No, you, no, no, you're not on the ship. I'm like, this is the Mariner, right? This is the Navigator, sir. This is a, yes, I'm an asshole for doing Yes, guys, group cruises. Listen, I never said I wasn't an asshole. You know what I mean? So we're going to have to get used to that. We're going to have to get that out there, and it's going to have to be out in the open. You know what I mean? I'm a good guy in a lot of ways, but I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a, a mischievous, harmlessly mischievous. You know what I mean? I was always like that growing up. I was just always just a little bit of a never, never looking to sell drugs, never looking to steal, never looking to hurt anybody. I just loved mischievousness, mischief, mischief. What's the root word of that? Mischief. I just love getting, I was the guy that would literally, with my friends, I could kill an entire day. And this week, we were eighth graders, I don't know what to tell you. We called it a jib-jib. Jib-jib. I don't know where we got the jib-jib. And what the jib-jib was, is we would take anything, whether it was wrapped up pieces of tile, garbage bags, whatever it was, we would just take it and line the street with it during uh, past any like semi busy area where there's some traffic not enough traffic to where there wasn't there enough less enough traffic to where there would be gaps where there's no cars because that gives us the opportunity to line the streets but still busy enough to be able to kind of have cars roll through there at a good pace so we would literally just line the streets and we would go in the bushes and that was a huge thrill for us to watch people have to get out of their cars, pissed off, and move the garbage that we had just lined the street with so that they can kind of get their car. So they would have to stop. I mean, another time I I, 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 I turned the water on in the library. The library bathroom. We used to go to the library every day. It was like our bar, like our hangout, like our coffee shop. We'd get kicked out every once in a while because we would just be too loud, but... I don't know. I'm not proud of this, but one day I just turned the water on in the library, put a bunch of paper towels in the sink so as to create a create a clog. And uh, we sat, went back, and just watched the water flood through the, 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 the carpet of the... Listen, you call it a bad kid. It was a little bit of a bad kid, maybe. Ring and run all day, ring and run. But think about it. It's not really harmful stuff. Not really hurting anybody. You know, not good. Not good. Troublemaker for sure, but not good. But that's, you know, this is the type of, and yeah, ideally a lot of times you grow up from that. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> um, all right, what else? So then, yeah, there was a little casino action that night. I did venture off on my own because we did do a lot of drinking. I watched uh, a movie solo. I kind of just got comfortable and parked my ass on a, on a lounger. And uh, while well, they were kind of gambling a little bit more, I didn't want to gamble too much. Uh, they were heavily into the gambling, so I went up and watched uh, a movie. I like doing that. I like watching a movie at sea. But then I also, when you get the buzz going, the same thing happened. You remember the Dunkirk story. I think I'm getting bombarded at sea. This time I go to sleep, and I'm, I'm in the middle of a monster war. I'm watching Godzilla. I pass out. I hear, Godzilla's coming up from the Pacific Ocean. He's beating up a giant spider. All right, I fall back asleep. Godzilla's got this under control. No problems. Godzilla, no, now he's fighting a giant moth. Now it's a pterodactyl. Now I'm falling asleep and I'm waking and waking up. Now it's Godzilla was fighting everybody. 
and I'm passing out just when I think he's got this under control. He's got, and I can fall asleep. He's got a new challenger coming at him. So it wasn't a peaceful uh, sleep up at the Lido deck like it normally isn't. Um, but, you know, because of whatever movie, they can't see, you know, they don't play Terms of Endearment up there. They're not playing, uh, you know, they're not playing, uh, you know, what's a, what's a movie with a, I don't know, The Notebook up there. They're playing the noisiest, loudest stuff that will keep you from falling into your drunken sleep as much as possible. Um. All right. So that was it. And then we went back. I went back to the casino, met up with them, and then we went to the nightclub for a little while. Day three was in Nassau. Now, this was really, really bad weather to start, at least. So we were kind of roaming around, just chilling. We were thinking about maybe not even getting off the ship. But then the weather did get nice. We did get off the ship. We lumbered over to Sharky's. And then we ate at Sharky's, spent a shitload of money at Sharky's. Man, they were expensive. And then we... um. That we were going to the Never Say Never Again bar. So I was telling them about that and how good of a day we had there. And I was kind of selling it. And I guess these guys just you just wanted to walk there. So we just continued to walk on. I was like, this is it right here. You want to go? And then we walked. We even got lost in uh, in Senior Frogs trying to get around the fencing. So we had to go around. Okay. And now we're here. Never Say Never Again bar. And then they just looked at it. And then they just started lumbering the other way again. Back to the ship. I'm like, well, I thought we would have. Well, why would we stay here? We got free drinks on the ship. I'm like, well, we just spent 140 bucks on fried crap in Sharkies, and we eat free food. Either way, it's fine. Listen, like I said, everybody cruises a different way. The point of being out there is an opportunity to be off the ship for a little while, and you get a little back view of the ship, and you're with other people that aren't necessarily on your ship. You're in a little bit of a different setting, and it's a cool place to watch the sun go down. Yeah, it's a little expensive with the drinks, but I was thinking we were going to have a couple of drinks. But um, again, these guys just wanted to get back to the ship, and you guys hear me say it all the time. So while it's different from the experiences that I kind of would have exactly written up, it's it's a little bit different from the exact itinerary that I would have written up, it is the same way what i will say i will never ever shut down anybody the way the way somebody wants to cruise is the way they should cruise all day every single time so uh we get back on the ship i wasn't too hammered so we did get ready uh and we did more of the same we ended up eating at the hibachi restaurant that night that was really really good it was fun we had a great time um i'll tell you what the japanese have not figured out um, the Japanese have not figured out dessert. I think we had some sort of glazed sesame seeded rye bread ball of some sort uh, with like some sort of um, you know custard filling inside of it. I have no idea what it was, but it was like a Italian bread with with with, with Nutella. I have no idea what I ate, but it was yeah. The, the Japanese, you know, the the whole hibachi thing was delicious. We got the steak, the shrimp, the rice, the uh, they, they they. I mean, fat guy moment, fat guy alert. Guy saw I was the fat guy at the table, slipped me an extra little bowl of rice. I ended that too, went right through it. It was really, really good. Um, so Colin at that point, they went back to the casino, and I was just going to walk around the ship, explore the ship, see what was going on in the Playmakers, the Bamboo. Colin was running around the ship boozing too, so I caught up with him at the schooner bar. And uh, it was crazy because um, this guy was there, and he was solo cruising, and he was sitting at the schooner bar, he was a tall guy, who started talking sports with him, the three of us, and nice enough guy, he goes into the casino for a smoke, and he le- literally leaves his drink there, he's like, he's gonna leave this here, I'm gonna come back, and comes back five minutes later, 
just happened to stick a freaking coin in the slot or his card in the slot machine for a spin or two. Comes back with a $900 ticket. Just won $900 right in front of us. So that was a cool little moment for him, at least. <laughs> and then uh, me and Colin ventured out. We ended up in the bamboo room. So I never spent any time in any bamboo rooms whatsoever, despite being on the navigator and, you know, things like that. And uh, I, I we, we just went in and we got into a little bit. And we saw the drinks and we saw the list of drinks in there. And it was kind of funny because... Colin was being very engaging. Now, the bartender was Svetlana. Again, she was the same bartender that was on the barge. And then there was these two other clowns back there, too. I have no idea. I forgot what their names were. But these guys were like just like like two stooges. And they were just having a good time with each other. They wouldn't make any fancy drinks. You know what I mean? They're like, no, that's what Svetlana does. We don't really know how to do that. But they still had the outfits on. They were making some sort of drinks. They were getting beers. They were getting regular drinks. But any of the specialty drinks on the menu, no, you have to go to Svetlana. And then you ask these guys, and they're going to poke each other. And they're poking each other. They're hitting each other. They're playing with each other. I don't know what the hell these guys were doing there. They were like, they were like sort of a disaster. So... Um, Svetlana's being really, really cool with us. We're talking about, she's from Russia. We're talking about the misconceptions between the two countries, what we have of each other, misconceptions of the leaders. It was a total peaceful, cool moment. We're learning a lot. Then we learn about the drinks. She's telling us about the drinks. She's making us different drinks since we have the drink package. Colin got some pint glass full of like whatever juice, and it was like a crushed Red Bull that sits on top of it. I got this, uh, they called it the carry out or whatever. It's like an, it's a drink in a bag, like an IV bag or a Capri Sun bag. And you're basically drinking a bag out of a straw. Really, really cool experience. Now, these guys, you know, and then we end up whatever. And, you know, after a while, I tell Colin, I'm going to see what these guys are doing. He goes, does his own thing. I find these guys. I'm like, yeah, you got to check out the bamboo room. I dragged these guys to the bamboo room, and it was a total different situation. Svetlana was busy doing other things. They were out of the Red Bull drinks. The guys really weren't even paying. And they looked the, and they were right. The guys were looking at me like, what the hell are you bringing us? I thought this was going to be. And they, they were absolutely right about that because we just they, they didn't, we didn't get the experience. Now, Colin is Colin. Colin is just a very charismatic individual. So wherever Colin goes, and we'll talk about Coco K, day two, or day four, but day two of Coco K in a little while. He just kind of, um, you know, he's that guy. You know what I mean? If you, he's, he's, let's just say he's good at parties. Let's just say, let's just say that. So, um, that's pretty much it. And then the end of the night, you know, the, I will say this, the bad part about these ships is, uh, you know, there's not much to do in the way of eating. They don't have anything set up to where you can get a variety of food late at night. It's either pizza or you got to pay for room service. One or the other. That's it. That's the only choices you have. So we would go pizza. This was an interesting story. So at the end of that night, the four of us together, me, Chris, Joe, and JP, it's probably around 3 in the morning. It's that same night. We want to get Sorrento's before before we uh, before we go to bed because there's nothing else to eat. And uh, we did some drinking. So we go to Sorrento's, and they're like, sorry, sorry, there's nothing. <laughs> like, What? <coughs> They're like, sorry, we have nothing for you. Uh, you can't, uh, you know. So I'm like, I'm like, buddy. And I was like, they, I saw that they had a bunch of pizza, but it was like stacked. They had like a like a, a little mini pie and then another a plate above that. It was almost like it was either ready for the garbage or they were just going to eat it, whatever it was. But I don't know what was going on. All I do know is Sorrento is supposed to be 24 hours. So 
they're saying there's no more pizza. It's shut down for the night. We're like, where do we eat? You're like, no way. You got to call room service. There's nothing. Or you got to wait till the morning. So I say to the guy, hold on, hold on. You, I thought you were 24 hours. And then the guy goes, no, we're not 24 hours. And then that's where it got weird. It was almost like a court, like a like a made-for-TV court moment, like the smoking gun moment. So I just looked him dead in the eye and go, excuse me, I'm sorry. Did you just say you're not 24 hours? Sorrento's is not 24 hours? And we had a moment, and he realized, and then he said, what do you guys want? What are you guys having? You want the pizza? We got pizza for you. Whatever you want to have. He's like, I'll take one of those. So then he started giving us his, the pizza. Now, we all felt bad after. We're eating it because we're like, now we're like, wait, were, that, were they going to take that to their room? Was that their pizza? Were they just trying to? So I did feel bad for a second because I was like, you know what? If that was, if they wanted that, you know what I mean? That sucks that, you know, but no, it's 20. It's supposed to be 24 hours. Yeah. Take your pizza, whether you're supposed to or not. I'm not ratting you out. Go ahead. Take it. I don't know. I don't have a problem with you. Get, I, I hope you take pizza. I hope you have your little scams you could work out to where you get a steak here and there or a, or a bowl of pasta or a pizza brought to your room, whatever, where maybe you're not supposed to have because the whatever mafia on board gets it for you or, you know, you do it under the I hope you have those little routines. But the freaking Sorrento's Pizza is 24 hours. I don't know what scam they were pulling, but he realized that I knew that this was a 24-hour operation and I guess most people on the ship would have just been like, oh, no, no pizza left. Okay, thank you. And they would have kept moving. I just looked at them and was like, Are you, is what you're saying to me that Sorrento's on this ship is not 24 hours? A little bit like an asshole, I guess, right? Like Mr. Know-it-all. But oh, dude, what do you want me to tell you? I'm a slob. I need pizza before I go to bed. I need something. I had room service the night before. I think I had room service the night before. Yeah. I had. Uh, I think that was the night before. I know I had it one night. Yeah, I did, and that was, um, what did I get? Quesadillas? What did I get for room service? It wasn't a burger. Oh, I'll remember at some point. A lot of drinks, guys. A lot of drinks. These these kind of these things kind of flow together a lot, so it is what it is. So we ended up uh, dealing with that, and it is what it is. So now I was not ready for this next day at coco k so what happens is we go back to the room uh i pass out for like maybe a couple of hours i wake up at like 5 30 in the morning six o'clock in the morning whatever it was i'm not 100 percent sure now the luxury we had and the beauty of what we had was i had all like all i had to do was flip the curtain as i'm laying there just flip the curtain and i had a full view of the entire ocean and so i did that and when I flipped the curtain at like six six in the morning, whatever that morning, whatever time it was, don't quote me. I was looking up sunsets, <clears throat> sorry, sunrises. But I flipped open the curtain, and what I saw was just this gorgeous sky. Now I took some pictures, and I'll post them, but they don't do it justice uh, from what I saw out there. And I'm like, okay, we're almost back at Coco Cay. It's six six thirty in the morning now, and uh, I'm gonna go out and take some pictures. So I did just that, put on my shorts, and I probably wouldn't have done it if the room wasn't where it was, but we were on the 12th floor right at the forward portion of the ship. So we were basically right under the mini golf course and right above the solarium. So I was in perfect position to go out there and hit the deck and get some pictures. So I did just that, walked around the entire 
entire ship. Got a bunch of nice pictures of the um, the, the the sunrise. We ended up landing, uh, docking in into Perfect Day at Coco Cay. Got a couple of beautiful sunrise pictures of the Perfect Day at Coco Cay, as well as the Navigator. It was it was just really nice. So I'm doing that till about you know whatever eight o'clock. Then I go in, get some breakfast at the Windjammer. Come back to the room. Joe's in mid sleep, so you know I'm not necessarily you know I I waited not till it was probably till about nine thirty that I was able to go back to sleep again, and then I woke back up at about eleven thirty twelve. And now I don't know what happened. I saw Joe. Joe and Chris were like, "We're not getting off the ship," and then JP said he was, and I was supposed to meet JP. And I was a little bit late meeting JP because I just dragged it a little bit. But I also had to go to guest services. So now I wanted to call JP. But I was able to get the information from guest services that JP was already off the ship. Now JP's off his, off the ship by himself. You know what I mean? He didn't. He just got off. I didn't. Uh, uh, the other guys didn't. So this to me this day. I was expecting nothing from it. So on Coco K on this day, which was day four, second day of Coco K, I was planning on just getting off the ship. And if something happened, great. If there was a little bit of fun to be had, I would have had it. But I wanted to do a deep dive into Coco K, and I I did. So I walked around that whole island, got some really good pictures, and I'm gonna do a Coco K YouTube video. By the way, YouTube, ladies and gentlemen, I am within fifty, within fifty subscribers of a thousand. If you're hearing this, please help me out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Always be booked. Also, while we're at it, Instagram, always be booked. Send me an email, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Um, so that was it. So I got my pictures. I still haven't seen JP walking around, taking a picture of everything there is to take a picture of. Got a whole feel. I am a Coco K expert right now. Uh, I mean, it's my third time there, so I should be. Definitely got the whole run. There's so much to do, man. That place is an absolute paradise. You should make it your business as a cruiser to definitely go and have yourself a perfect day at the lovely Coco K. Um, so I'm done with my pictures. Now I'm standing on the bridge. That kind of overlooks the main pool. The pool is the center point. And I'm noticing that it's not like the other day at Coco Cay. It's definitely a little different. I have no idea why. It's the same two ships. It's the same crowd. Same times of day. I guess it's just the fact that it was the last day. But these Mary Kay chicks had their party shoes on on this particular day. And it was, as the kids will tell you lit so i see jp he's in the pool he's like tommy what's up you coming in i'm like yeah i was just want to get a couple more pictures then i'm coming in he's like i'll be over near the, near the dj colin unmistakable because he's got this fiery red cowboy hat on so i end up making my way into the pool looking for jp don't see him don't see him don't put don't see him but i do see colin and colin is just literally running the show he's getting shots he's got like he's like a dealer he's working because he's trying to get shots for people and they won't give shots out without a drink package card but they're not looking they don't care whose card is whose and colin is just borrowing people's cards left and right you got a card on you give me a card i'll give it back to you two seconds you you got a card boom okay there's six girls that want shots colin's gonna just get six cards from anyone will give it to him and colin being colin gets it from him uh 
and then he gets six shots, gives the cards back, and he's just like like dealing cards out. So I'm like, this guy's out of control. JP comes over. We start having a blast, and then the music goes up a little bit. This was like, this turned into, okay, I always talk about, you know, cruise ships being like over-the-top fun, right? Uh, when I say fun, I mean night night lifestyle fun or like dance party kind of clubbish type fun. This broke the record. Previously, I would always tell you that 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 atmosphere, New York City dance style club fun, you know, whatever, what do you whatever you call it, DJ type fun, was never touched by anything that no besides what Norwegian did on the H Spice H two O parties in the back of the ship. This beat that. Now this beat that to the point where this was this day type of uh, Vegas style pool party. It reminded me of like some sort of spring break in Cancun for 35 year olds to 50 year olds, and girls were on top of bars. Uh, you know, to say it, Colin had beads. Beads were being thrown around. Girls were doing things for beads. It was awesome. It was incredible. I mean, girls were dancing on top of girls. They had to shut the music off at least three times because people just kept climbing on top of things, wanting to dance. Man, I told you, chicks, I mean, when it comes to, they love dancing on these bars. Like, there's a flood going on. They love dancing on the bars. And that was going on. The DJ was on point. Everything was fun. And we were just having a blast meeting people, meeting guys, meeting girls. Just, just, that was. The first, the second level of pure cruise bliss. I told you that first day on that Lido deck when we were just kind of getting our bearings on that Lido deck. That was almost cruise bliss, kind of PCB-ish, not quite maybe all the way. This was. We're looking up. We're seeing palm trees, the up, up, and away bar. I'm getting footage. We're ha- Man, it was fun. It was just also just fun watching Colin work. He just works. For, he meets everybody. He's, you know, I'm, when I'm on my game, I'm a little bit that way. I'm not at that level, the level he's at. You know, I'm like more of like, let's just get a couple of drinks in us and let's just meet a few people. He's the ringleader. He has people knowing his name. They're yelling him out. Colin, let's do another show. He's that guy. They even had me drinking Trulies. There's a video. Um on the lounge i put it up on the lounge of me trying to chug a truly and uh i can't even line the spout up with my mouth i'm I'm, I'm, I'm on that level so you can see that on the always oh by the way if you're listening to this and you're on facebook check out the always be booked cruisers ultra lounge it's a group on facebook i definitely suggest you check it out but uh yeah that was absolutely cruise bliss it was an absolute blast great time and then what happened was you know we ended up getting off the ship i tried to do my thing where i get on the navigator same thing happened i got on the gangway onto the ship onto the where you you know check your you know check your card so i'm standing on the navigator of the seas technically i was on the ship just want that for the record and then they said no you got to get off this is not your ship i said oh oh well i'm sorry right i had to go back because everybody's trying to get off the ship so i had to go the opposite way so i had to scoot around all of them and i'm screaming it's okay i'm a blogger it's okay i'm a blogger so we go back on the mariner right to the Lido deck jp comes right to the Lido deck even jp because jp was like you know doing that thing where i told you doing mostly night drinking right so he's like you know I'm drinking at night, but then this day on this day I got him. JP, let's just go all in, full throttle, day drink, let's go. And he was like, let's do it. So he we started drinking tequila. We're in a pool drinking shots of tequila. We talked about the peen in the pool thing. 
I know I mentioned it on the Patreon. We don't really want to bring that topic up, okay? I know it's a soft topic for a lot of people. I'm just saying, you don't have to. You don't have to pee in the pool. You may not be a guy who pees in the pool or a girl who pees in the pool, but I'm telling you, if you're in the pool, you get peed on. That's what's happening. What are you gonna do? I'll say this though: the only problem I really have with it is it brings a whole new meaning to not wanting to like spill any of the pool water and you drink it all. You know what I mean? You go under water. Your hands on the water, you switch hands, and now the wet hand's holding the drink. Don't let those two waters cross paths. Don't let the liquid in your drink cross any type of path with the water that's outside your drink. Just don't do it. All right, this will be a uh, long podcast here. But then we, so we got back on the ship, and then we just did what I love to do. We, I got my pure, pure cruise bliss after that. We went right up to the Lido deck. All of us went out there. JP came in. We went in the hot tub. We went from the hot tub to the pool about five or six more times, and we just enjoyed it. And that was pretty much it. And then we were playing. We had big plans for the night. This is what happened that night, though. So that was the day I was the most drunk. I really, really went in during the day, and I figured I'd ride it out. Then we're going to go eat dinner. So, you know, everybody's like, all right, let's meet such and such time. Joe was already ready. I went to the room to get ready. I do remember getting in the shower. I do remember bailing out the bathroom full of water and and, and putting it back into the drain with my foot. I do remember getting dressed, putting the radio, putting the music on. And I remember having every intention to go meet everybody out for dinner. And then what I remember, because you have the big bay windows open where it's still kind of light out. So there's plenty of light coming into the room. So I'm not using regular lights, the inside lights. And then I remember... Waking up in full-on dressed out, dressed to go out clothes in pitch black in a chair. That's the next thing I remember. So it's like 9.45. I wake up realizing I missed everything I said I was going to do. Everybody ate that. I was just out cold. And they probably knew I would be at the level I was drinking. So it is what it was. So went back out, met them at Playmakers because I knew they wanted to watch the Patriots game. So they'd probably the safest bet to find them would be at Playmakers. We did just that. The Patriots are playing the Giants in New York. I don't care about the Giants, but I had a chance to order some bar food there. Potato skins were ridiculously good, and I uh, enjoyed it very much. So that was pretty much it. We did gamble a little bit after that. We did go to the Quest after that. Me and Joe went to the Quest. The other fellows, uh, they were at the uh, tables. I didn't want to go too into the tables. I ended up winning 200 and. 200 bucks. I thought I had, I thought I had won 250, but I won two. I ended up two, up 200 for the trip, which you know is a win. To me, it sucks because you know what I mean. It's like kissing your sister. It's like a tie almost. I'm used to you know, 2,000, 1,800, up or down in whatever direction. Now because of uh, you know employment situations that are out there that exist, I'm being a little bit more conservative. So. <laughs> Up 200 is a good is a good little run, so I'll take it. So it is what it is. And then we just got off the ship and drove home the next day. That was it. It was a great cruise. I'm really, really looking forward to cruising with these guys again. We had an absolute blast. I think what will happen is every time we cruise together, we'll get a little bit more and more on the same page. Or we just won't. And when we're not on the same page, we'll just do different stuff. But it was great to have Colin on that cruise. It was great to kind of do my own thing on that cruise. And it was great to hang out with my boys uh, and do that when we did that as well. Um, 
I think for the next one for these guys. So I got Joe on both a Norwegian and JP, I guess. Yeah, because okay, because JP missed one of the Norwegians. But I got them both on a Norwegian, albeit the Sky, and a Royal Caribbean. Now, that was a real ship, Mariner. I think I want to take these guys for the next run. I want to get them on a Carnival Fantasy ship because... It's clear to me that they're less obsessed with the hardware. They're less obse- obsessed. They, were, they weren't really impressed by how big the cruise ship was. Even Joe actually even said, it's good. if anything, it's overwhelming. And then JP said flat out he didn't give a shit. He just wants it. I will say this. Oh, I got I to gotta make this statement. Definitely by far. Maybe not Naro. Not more than the Horizon. The Horizon was still the lamest crowd I've ever been with. The Carnival Horizon that we took to the Southern Caribbean run had the lamest crowd, period. This cruise was second. Not a pocket to be found on this ship. No pockets whatsoever. Uh, There were couples. You know what I mean? There were couples and there were like uh, families. But it was the lamest group that we had ever that I have ever cruised with, and I told these guys that. But um, and, and that's and that's what JP said. Well, let's figure out. Let's let's make it a focal point to not have that, because I didn't make it a full focal point to have that. Obviously, but it just did happen. So let's make it a focal point to not have that. JP's like, I don't care about the ship. Let's just and and I think that's fair. I think that's definitely fair to say, and I think that's what we should do next time. Definitely, we should find a Carnival Fantasy ship. That's going out of either Fort Lauderdale or Miami, and give that thing it's give that thing a run. Atrium parties, deck parties, Serenity after dark parties, Geisberger, Blue Iguana. I think that's the next move because that's it. That that would round it out. So they're very very early in their cruise career, and if we end up on the Carnival of Fantasy or even the Victory or the Liberty, something like that, uh, that will give them uh, the ability to say that they've sampled each of the big three. And that's about it. All right, so that's 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 the recap of the Mariner of the Seas cruise last week, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you guys have any questions about the cruise at all or the ship or the islands in general. Uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. All right, let's get into your emails. Hey, quick question. How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always Be Booked Cruises and Vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Booked.com or email me directly at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. 
Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. We appreciate them each and every week. Before we get into the emails, I want to remind you really quick that we have a Patreon account, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash always be booked. And what that is, is a show every single day. That's all I could really say. I used to give a whole sob story about, you know, if you really want to support the show and you really want to kind of, really kind of get behind this little podcast that could, you know, I don't really have to go really that route anymore because I'm delivering on it right now. What it is, is just a, a show every single day. What I feel like people like about it is that it's a little bit of a companion, whether you're using it to go to work or to come home from work, and it's just maybe sometimes it's 20 minutes, sometimes it's a half hour, sometimes it's 50 minutes, but it does come at you every day, and it's just sometimes it's cruising. A lot of times it's cruising. Mostly I'd say it's cruising, but often it's other things too. I also like started to take a little pride in you know the music that I put on in the front end or the back end. It's kind of what I'm feeling that day and kind of curate special list of songs for you guys to enjoy and maybe open up your horizons to some stuff but uh, we'll have guests on there we'll crack jokes we'll definitely get into some things that i cannot or do not discuss here not trying to be a teaser with that just trying to kind of say that uh you know this is for the masses and there's also some people that come on the show that uh will only come on that show because of the fact that they want to say some stuff that they can't really say uh to the masses as well and they want to remain behind that paywall which i do not blame them for i.e my drunk episode but uh it's like i said patreon.com slash always be booked once again that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash always be booked and it's a five dollar commitment per month you can handle that right all right here we go so all right, so this is Tommy. So while Kara Stevenson and I were on the Celebrity Equinox earlier this month, we made the decision to go take a leap for something. While on that cruise, we booked the Celebrity Summit seven-night Southern Caribbean out of San Juan, say that ten times fast, going to Tortola, St. Martin, St. Thomas, Granada, and Barbados, and returning to San Juan. Wait, but wait, if you act now. No, he didn't say that. Wait, not done yet as we're sitting here booking this cruise in a conversation with the future cruise agent. We were talking about how the Celebrity Summit does half the year out of Bayonne and half the year out of San Juan. So I asked the question, when does the summit return back to Bayonne? His response, the Celebrity Summit repositions back to Bayonne on the cruise directly after yours. My response That's it. Here's the deal. If you can get me the same exact stateroom for that sailing, I will book it. If not, then it's not meant to be. He checks the stateroom already on hold by another agent. I guess it's not happening. Fast forward. In two days, he calls my stateroom and leaves the following message. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Stevenson. As you mentioned the other day, as long as I was able to get you the same stateroom for the reposition repositioning crews you would book that one as well well i called the head office and asked them to please give me the room as the other agent is not responding they gladly did so and you are now booked on the celebrity summit seven night repositioning cruise back to bayonne stopping in saint martin saint kitts saint Croix. that's a whole lot of saints those are those good kind of saints uh followed by three days at sea ending in bayonne enjoy please call me with any questions holy crap that is amazing i have to say i made a deal with him and man he sure saw it 
to the end to make sure it happened. I am not upset that he did this. That is exactly what I've expected him to do and to get this thing booked and have to give him props for just for booking it without even confirming with me. By the way, with doing that, with doing that also involved charging my credit card. Wait, he charged your credit card? <laughs> I don't know if you... Is that true? Because you could book. I book people all the time. And if you just don't pay, it just goes away. I made a deal with him, and he was making sure I stick to my end of it. I'm surprised he actually used your credit card to make the down payment without confirming it. Because you did say, if it wasn't meant to be... what You're, you're not meant to be could have meant if it didn't happen now, too, as well. You didn't say two days later, come at me and maybe I'll still do the deal. I'm saying if you're happy with it, great. But I'm saying that definitely was a little ballsy of him to just use your credit card and book that room. I don't know that he did that. He may have just said he did that and then booked you and then basically make you think you were locked into it. I'm not sure either way. doesn't make a difference because you're happy. If you didn't want to do it, you certainly could have protested it. And you know that. You're not doing taking any cruises or going on any cruise you, didn't, you don't want to go on. So, um, And that's a freaking amazing back-to-back right there. This will be the first back-to-back for Kara and I, and uh, along with the first repositioning cruise for us. Also, the first time sailing out of San Juan for us. A lot of firsts we are very excited for. On a side note, surfing the web and looking at cruises in my spare time this week, who knew that South, uh, who knew that Carnival runs Southern Caribbean itineraries sailing out of Barbados? Scott. Scott, yes, I did see that. I only know that because they always send me deals. And uh, or possible deals with great prices, and a lot of times I'll see this amazing price, and I'll be able to, I'll, I'll be like ready to jump all over it, and it'll say embarking in Barbados or embarking in San Juan. So I definitely know that they did that, but yeah, it's crazy, right? Embarking in Barbados. Either way, that's an amazing lineup you got set up for yourself. And Scott, just so you know, everybody is on the group cruise as well. January 18th, Adventure of the Seas. I posted a picture up there today of Adventure of the Seas. Taking on a little bit of a beating, but she's going to hold up for us just fine. Um, All right, so this is a funny one. Give a shout-out to Ed. Ed sent me like a little bit of um, a barrage of emails, if you will. And I think this was right after I had done my Patreon drunk episode. And I think maybe there might have been a little inspiration there. Uh, Without further ado, Tommy... You inspire me. It is Wednesday night, and I am four shots of tequila and five Captain Morgan and Cokes into a lousy, into a lousy day at work tomorrow. Hmm. Wait, you you inspire me. It's Wednesday night, and I am four shots of tequila and five Captain Morgan and Cokes into a lousy day at work tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know if that works, <laughs> but I get it. You're, you're drinking, so it makes sense. You want to break it down? I'll break it down. I really only have one thing to say. Go, Daddy, go. And, yes, that's a little bit of an inside thing. Clearly, the universe is expanding so fast that we could never reach the edge of it. Hypothetically, if we did breach the outer shell of our universe, we would find chocolate pudding. Not very tasty pudding. Not Bill Cosby kind of pudding, but it is pudding. I'm listening to the last Patreon, and I got to say, I love today's show. I love that you are willing to put yourself out there no matter what anyone might think. <laughs> Isn't that like a backhanded compliment? Like when you tell a woman she's wearing some uh, wearing an outfit? Oh, my gosh. 
I love those jeans on you. I mean, I, I could never wear them. All. I could never wear them. Very brave of you to wear them, though. Um, this is exactly why you are going to make Always Be Booked a huge success. Go do what you need to do and F them all if they don't like it. Keep fighting the fight, and I will definitely keep listening. Thanks for doing what you do. Cheers, Ed. Ed, man. I know you're smashed and drunken, uh, drinking, te- mixing tequila and spiced rum, which, oh, geez. Still, through and all, that is inspiring, and it's so good to hear. I really do appreciate you saying it to me. Uh, I love it. Scott sent another email as well. So right now we have four emails, but two people. Scott followed up. And I don't know if you wanted me to read this one, but I'll read it see what it is. Hey, Tommy, on a personal level here, I'm going to give you my best piece of advice. First, do what is best for you, but here's my opinion. This is coming from my background of helping to operate and drive revenue at a large HVAC company where I am personally responsible for $3.5 million of revenue each year and help with the operations of the company, which does about $15 million a year. The travel agency and podcasting is moving along nicely, and the two obviously will pair up well together. You have to be... Uh, you have to be your best though even though that's not even though that's that that's what you are doing it is just going to take time and time and time for the revenue to start coming in from the podcast and the travel agency I would take the Crazy Uncle Mike's gig with the caveat of them understanding you will need your time to go on cruises and do things related to your travel agency without question Also, with them understanding when you are there physically at the restaurant, they will have you 100%, but you can't put your own business to the side. Any good and proper business owner will understand this and will actually see this as a positive and see that you are very motivated to do what you do. Lastly, if this is the route you choose, you can't take any hiatus from ABB Podcasting or Patreon. It needs to stay strong. As you have said, it is spiking and you need to continue to drive that. And the only way to do that is with the steady flow of content. Also, the more exposure you get on YouTube, the more that will push people to the podcast. Yes, and you helped with the exposure on YouTube. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. It definitely did help. You're 100% right. Where Crazy Uncle Mike's is, guys, so you do know. I don't know what I say here, what I say in the Patreon. What I know. It was just a recap. Got the job at Crazy Uncle Mike's. Was supposed to be a three-day-a-week job. Ended up going very, very well as far as, uh, you know, I guess with the performance from me, they were very happy with. Um, I'm very happy with the place. I'm very happy with everybody there. But the job description itself, uh, plus the pay, wasn't exactly what I thought it would be. And definitely for what I'm doing and the hours that I'm working, the pay isn't necessarily right. And that was proven because of the fact that, you know, I did reach out to have a conversation with him. They asked me to come in full time, uh, which meaning adding to my three days, add a couple, two or three more days a week. So making it five or six more days a week. At that time, I had to make a decision. So not only did I not want to go full time, I wanted to kind of shut down a little bit on the time that I'm doing because it's just, again, the hours, the the labor that I'm doing, the, the type of labor, and the hours that I'm working in the day aren't matching up from an hourly standpoint. And I'm making you know, very little money for per hour based on what's going on. So I did let him know that. He came back to me and told me he absolutely knows that's the case. He admits that he knows that it's an underpaid situation. Um and he would like to see if we could find a way to stay working together. He invited me to just stay on Sundays, and he would pay me more 
uh, for my than my normal daily rate for that. But they need to rest on Sundays, which I totally get. So I'll do Sundays, but then make a proposition for basically staying involved from a marketing standpoint, which is what I wanted to do anyway. So that's where we are with Crazy Uncle Mike's. Um, I definitely downgraded my hours there. And yes, you've already seen it. You've already seen the articles coming, and you're going to see more YouTube stuff happening. And you will definitely see more action from Always Be Booked. All right, here we go. Hey, Tommy, how are you doing? I just returned from a Bermuda, from Bermuda, and it was fantastic. It was really nice to have three days in one port. We took the Norwegian gem. We were upgraded to a balcony cabin, and I have to say it was fantastic. I will go to Bermuda again one day. You should go at least once. I could give you some ideas on how I would navigate the island the next time if you should ever decide to go. Anyways, I'm looking for the next cruise. I have found two. I am trying to choose between. I was hoping maybe you can give me your opinion on which one you would do if you had the chance. The first choice. Okay, I like these. The first choice is the Norwegian Encore sailing out November 29th. It's a 13-night Panama Canal. The second choice is Carnival Sunrise, 12-night sailing October 19th, 2020. All right, so they're both very close to the same amount of time. Uh, I don't have enough information here. Uh, I've never sailed on Carnival before. I know you have. The Encore is a brand new ship, has lots of perks, but I don't know if the fact that Carnival stops at Turks and Caicos is more appealing than the new ship. No, let me just explain to you. Um, it, it shouldn't be. <laughs> I have wanted to see Curacao and Aruba, but also want to see Turks and Caicos. What should I do? Any advice would be appreciated. I trust your guidings. guidance. Um First of all, I don't know who this is from. Tracy. Tracy Smith. Okay, gotcha. All right, so I don't know if I have the information here. Uh, so Norwegian Encore, November 20th, 2039, Panama Canal. Uh, second choice is Carnival Sunrise. So, okay. That's Carnival. Carnival I know is Turks and Caicos, which is Grand Turk, really. You're not getting too into the... It's a lot of Turk and not as many Caicos. Um, and then you say... Curacao and Aruba. Is that on the Panama one or is that on the Carnival one? I don't know. Tracy, I'm going to need more information here because I'm going to just say the two ships. Like, I'll say this the Norwegian Encore is a state of the art, gorgeous mega ship from Norwegian that I was on the sister ship of the the Escape, and it's one of my favorite ships of all. Probably. No, I got to reevaluate what my favorite ships are. I definitely went back to my Splendor. The Carnival Splendor is my favorite ship now, okay? that's It, it lost that title for a second to the Norwegian Escape. That was before I had all these Royal Caribbeans in the mix. I got to get back and, and recreate my list of favorite ships. But you're talking about the Carnival Sunrise, okay? Which, again, not knocking it, but is that the Sunrise? Yeah. The Carnival Sunrise is the Carnival Triumph, and that's the Poop Cruise. So I'm not knocking it. They redid the whole ship. It's nice, this and that. They made a nicer ship out of it. They basically upgraded the ship, okay? But you're talking about a ship that was built in the mid-2000s, early 2000s, maybe maybe even. Um, this is not, you know, if, you, if I'm just going ship to ship here, and it's a Panama Canal, I just don't know because, yeah, that would make a bit of a difference if it's Aruba. If the Aruba and Curacao are on the sunrise, 
that would make a little bit of a difference. That would make it a little bit closer. I would still go Encore just because you're talking Panama Canal and you're talking um, the Norwegian Encore. And it's a 13 night. The Carnival Sunrise, all I know is it's the Sunrise, a.k.a. the Triumph. And it's 12 night. And you got Turks and Caicos, Grand Turk. Grand Turk is a really fun port, okay? Grand, Grand, Grand Turk is a fun port. But no, it's not It's not worth missing out on a ship like the Norwegian Encore for. So that's my advice so far. Give me a little bit more information. Tell me when you go. Well, you told me when you're going. But tell me the exact itinerary of each one. And then I'll be able to uh, tell you. I don't know if pricing has anything to do with it. But we'll see. That's my guidance. That's all I got based on what you told me. Greetings, Tommy. Well, I'm back home in sunny Pohucket. 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 After my cruise, and I would love to share my thoughts. I had a terrific time with my girlfriend, and we would go again anytime. That being said, I really like the American cruise experience a lot more. Okay, so pre-cruise. I had not been on a cruise for over a year and was really in need of some boat drinks and, a, and sea air. Living in Thailand limits the choices I have. I could go to Australia, Japan, China, or go on one of the big three, or the other American brands. However, I opted for a shorter, cheaper adventure. I booked a five-night cruise on the Genting Dream to Vietnam, leaving from Singapore. I chose this ship because it was a breakaway class ship in a different company, a different market. See that? Okay, we're going back to the news there. So Norwegian is uh, they're using the same shipping company. There's still that connection there. Even though Norwegian gained its independence from Genting, they still call the ships the same class breakaway class the flight to singapore was over an hour and customs there is quick and easy with no visa requirements i spent two days exploring singapore and loved it the city is ultra modern with amazing new architecture while at the same time it preserves its historical areas it was also the cleanest city i've ever seen shopping dining and entertainment options were way more than i expected we really enjoyed our time there see how fast i could read when you punctuate properly sorry guys i'm not knocking you i'm just saying I can run through it if we just get some decent sentence structure and some decent punctuation. (laughs) What an asshole I am. I'm sorry. Boarding. We took the SMRT subway from our hotel to the brand new Singapore cruise terminal. I didn't know they had a brand new uh, cruise terminal over there. Well, I don't know really much anything about Singapore, so it's good to know. The ship arrives at 12. This is a good email because we don't do a lot of this. This This is appreciated. The ship arrives at 12 we we arrived at around 12 30 after checking in and a short wait in the lounge we were on the ship at 1 15 all right so not too bad a little bit of time you didn't you didn't scoot all the way through unresisted but you had a little it was not long the very first major difference from my previous cruise occurred right away before you can do anything on the boat you report to your muster area wow okay so you got to go right to the must area. No drinks. Do not pass go. There you are informed of the emergency process. My car was scanned and muster drill was complete. And this took around 20 seconds. Amazing. Okay. My question is, so is that a private lesson? So everybody on the ship is getting a private muster lesson. It's so nice because it's so easy and convenient and you do it really quick and it's out of the way. But, um, okay, so does every, can you do that the minute you get on the ship? So if you get on the ship at 10 a.m., can you go get your muster? Because that would change everything. If they did that around here, that would change my whole thought about getting on the ship early. You know what I mean? Because that's what I always say. My thing is that the va- vacation doesn't officially start until the muster drill is complete. Now, we talked about this. Colin, my cruise buddy, Colin, does not agree with that. 
he has every single bar, a drink from every single bar, completed before the mustard drill even starts. So that's two different cruise strokes for different folks. All right. So this is, I'm going to go back down to the name. This is a very long email from Jerome. Jerome, I th- I'm going to try to fly through all this stuff, but this is a very long email for me to read. But this is a good, good, there's good content here. So let's let's see what we can do. Um, boarding. Oh, no, we did that. The ship. The ship was very clean and hold more crew and 500 less guests than its NSCL sister. It was noticeable the lack of lines, except the high volumes at dinner times, and leaving major shows and events. The biggest difference in the ships are 6, 7, and 8 floor and the Lido. The major dining room was pretty much the same um, same build as Norwegian. Downstairs was used for Western style of dining off a menu, and upstairs was a family style, Chinese style di- dining. All right, so you had American food, sort of American ish type of food, more Western style food, and then you had Chinese style dining. The two other complimentary restaurants on Breakaway housed Umi, Uma, Umi, and Teppanyaki, and Sushi Pay Venue on one side, and an unused private dining room on the other. Unused, interesting. The shopping areas were exactly the same as Breakaway. The section in the middle were Breakaway, where Breakaway has La Bistro and other dining casino. So Breakaway has a little bit of a middle area, almost like an atrium. The um, Breakaway almost has like two atriums. You know what I mean? They have the uh, six, seven, eight area, and then they have a similar setup. It's a little bit smaller of a setup. Um, a little bit more towards the aft portion of the ship that they don't really label as much, but it is tier structured like that as well. So in that back one, they have the, um, on the, on the bottom floor, they have what he's referring to is the, uh, Le Bistro and the other dining in the casino above had a circular bar with a circular stage in the middle called bar 360. Uh, the two floors above provided views and areas and, and the stairs connecting the all the levels. The casino covered all three floors and spread out the entire length of those floors, engulfing many of the areas used for clubs, bars, deal, uh, art dealing, etc. On breakaway, O'Sheehan's is replaced by a Pay Hawker street food. All the dishes were one Singapore dollar. Uh, that's interesting. So in that part of the world, right, if I'm not mistaken, Jerome, street food is a very, very big deal. And uh, that would make sense, I guess, that they would bring that to a cruise ship that is, uh, it's kind of weird, man. It's weird how these things things happen. Genting was not even on my radar, right? And then I did that story based on the, the Genting dream because they're going to have the big roller coaster. So I did a little bit of a semi-dive into Genting and getting to know that cruise line and its Asian roots and things like that. And here we go. We have an email for the first time about Genting. Uh, so the theater set up in the front was similar to NCL, but the Spiegel tent was occupied by Silk Road. The Italian restaurant was a Mark Best Seafood and Steakhouse. So they just switched out some venues if I'm just kind of getting the gist of it. The Lido Buffet was in the back of the ship, similar to the design of the breakaway, except the front was an open-air open air 24-hour area. The pool was very different. The middle bars were eliminated, which opened up the pool, and it was expanded to the sides more. There was kids' pool. It had four slides, lots of play areas. There were eight lounge chairs on both sides of the pool which no one seemed to use 
There were lots of tables in the shade, which were used very much. Okay, so people liked to be in the shade on this cruise. The only bar was up one flight on the sun deck, which was lined with loungers that were never used. So not a big sunbathing crowd on this cruise, huh? Access to the front high decks was very limited, and you could not get to the front of the ship. The palace, their version of the haven, occupies the entire front of the ship with an outdoor not closed in pool and lots of sunning areas. You can observe this area from a very nice whiskey bar on the 18th deck. Man, 18 decks. The spa was on the 15th floor and had a small gym and a bridge viewing area. But the thermal spa had been taken over by the palace. Wow. So the palace is their version of the haven. And that's who gets access to the thermal spa. It's kind of racist, no? There is a thermal uh, area on deck five, but it is just in the locker room and not co-ed, so I didn't use it. This was my biggest disappointment because I love the thermal suites. Those thermal suites are great, man, right? People do overlook them, and it's easy to overlook them because you're like, oh, that's a big luxury. I got to pay a hundred and whatever extra dollars for a, a steam room. But once you do get that thermal spa once, once you enjoy it once, it's very, very hard to go back and not get it the next time. Uh, around the funnel area was the climbing wall and ropes courts, as per usual, um, which were small and pushed back from the pool. Also, five big water slides, ping pong area, mini golf and basketball courts. So that's the uh, activities area. The nice change uh, was in the back. Zook Beach Club takes the place of Spice. Wow, okay, so no Spice H2O. They have Zook Beach Club back there. I wonder if it's set up the same. Maybe he gets to that. Maybe he doesn't. We'll see. Tommy, read the freaking thing. We'll find out. The middle entrance is eliminated along with the... Okay, so you have the a middle entrance that always takes you back there. It's almost like you're emerging onto the scene like you're about to enter a wrestling ring. Uh, it's, I guess they don't have that on this ship. It was eliminated along with the arcade and kids' disco. Stadium seating is on one side with day beds and tables the other side has the big screen hot tubs and stage there is an upstairs area on the top deck with chairs and beds overlooking the area as well entrances are on the sides one is open air leading to the pool and the other is a large disco and four lane bowling alley okay that's interesting so this is a good email man because it's painting a good picture of what we're looking at. If you're on the breakaway class of ships, Spice H2O is one of my favorite areas on any cruise ship whatsoever. How it gets to you leaving, basically you're leaving, I don't know, you're going upstairs from Margaritaville or you're on the same floor as Margaritaville, I think, and you end up walking through like what is a little bit of a tunnel, middle of the ship, towards the back. You enter a tunnel, and after you're out of the tunnel, you emerge onto the Spice H2O. And then there's whatever it is. Sometimes it's a grotto. Sometimes it's uh, it's a, like a sleek water area. It's just like a like a fountainous area. There, people don't really use it. It's kind of weird. It's kind of gimmicky. It's kind of played, but is it whatever? But then there's a bar on the other side, and then there's seating, and then there's a dance floor. And then there's a big screen, and the big screen usually covers the F portion of the ship. I'm definitely going to check out this layout that you're talking about because I think you know what you're talking. I think I know what you're talking about, and it makes a little bit of sense. But I definitely want to check it out. I'm going to check out the the uh, Genting Dream, and then there's a bowling alley up there too, which is cool. Uh, restaurants and food will skip. We'll skip that um, just because time purposes entertainment the main theater shows were entertaining but standard cruise shows there was a ballroom singing and dance 
uh, based on Magic and Acrobat Show. The Bar 360 stage showed an entertaining Chinese acrobatic show and dancing shows. Uh, it also had different ship uh, bands each night. The cruise director staff was funny and friendly, and the game shows and daily trivia. Uh, and this, the cruise director staff was funny and friendly for the game shows and daily trivia. Each night there was an organized theme at the Zook Beach uh, Club, followed by DJ music. Okay, that's the answer to my question. So they do turn up the party out on the Zook Beach Club, which is the pseudo Spice H2O. The nightclub was great. Unfortunately, there was never a crowd to match the energy of the lights and the music. That happens, man, right? Sucks when that happens. That was happening on this last cruise because it was kind of like a lame crowd. Um, Never has that happened, though, on any of my Norwegian cruises stateside. So it's interesting. Um, what else? Oh, so you go into the ports now. Na Trang. All right, so you're going to have me try to pronounce these freaking places. N-H-A Trang. Na Trang. Naha. Na Trang. The boat uses the lifeboats to tend their guests to a small town. Uh, it was five, five U.S. dollar cab ride to the center. Nice beach. Very dirty city. That's Na Trang. Uh, wandered around a little bit. Got some Vietnamese food. Very hot and very humid. Back to the boat, jump into the pool. Sounds like Na Trang was a little forgettable. You didn't get into anything. I don't know. Now, do you think that that particular port, you just didn't weren't motivated to do much at that particular port? Or do you think if you got into it a little bit and maybe looked into it, researched it, that a good time could have been had? Uh, let me know. Fumai, Ho Chi Minh City, Saigon. So... Fumai is where you dock, and then there's like the gateway to Ho Chi Minh City, I guess. We have both been to the city. We have both, we had both been to the city before and opted not to take the expensive two hour ride there. Okay, there you go. So it's two hours. And walk around and take the two hour ride back. Yeah, that's four hours. That's too much. Unless you've never been there and you got to see it. I totally get that. That's almost like going when you go to Chichen Itza from, um, from uh, Cozumel. It's cool if you never did it before, but you know. It's quite a haul. We took the free bus out of the industrial port. It stopped at the gate in a field where a bunch of taxi drivers fought to get us to Ho Chi Minh. We were informed that the nearest town was a 25-minute drive. There were no restaurant shops, building as far as we could see. Return to the empty ship. Okay? So that is, so we're over for 2 at ports here. Last thoughts. It was a very entertaining cruise. I was able to disconnect and relax. I really missed the thermal suite and frozen drinks. There were no blenders in any bars. Wow. I was the only American on the cruise. There were a lot of Indians who were on the Lido deck and buffet, mostly in, in Chinese, who were in the casino. Everyone was friendly, and the ship was very clean all the time. I would much rather have gone on an American cruise next time. What uh, Next time will be when I return to the U.S. I would be more than glad to speak to you in more depth about this trip. I actually might like to do that. Uh, thank you for your time and boat drinks, Jerome. Jerome, that's a very, very intense recap. I definitely appreciate it. My takeaways from that is, wow, uh, yeah, the whole Genting experience. I didn't realize how big of a cruise line Genting was, and I think it's interesting that the hardware is very, very similar to the Norwegian, uh, again, the um breakaway class i'm definitely going to dive a little bit more deep into that back of the ship layout i'm interesting i'm interested to see what they do because i'll say that about the encore and we just talked about the encore with tracy asking me about that's one thing i do not like about the encore it looks to me like they just completely shut down the back of the ship and made the the go-kart track the entire aft portion of the ship and that i don't like but again 
you're talking about the Norwegian Encore. You put that aside, you got a world-class, top-notch, incredible ship. You know, despite that mistake, I think that they made this. The go karts are cool, but you know, agree. And shout out to King Marty. Uh, you know, Marty's all about the sun and the sun deck and the Lido deck, and I'm not as much about that as he is. But even me, as as a pace demon, uh, I'll say, you know, you gotta you gotta reserve some space for the sun out there, and. They just took away that whole back portion, and I think I think that's valuable real estate. All right, you want to have a freaking uh, go karts on a cruise ship? Do it, but I don't know. Maybe do it inside. Do you have to do it outside? Outside should be for outside activities for me, Tommy. Okay, here's all right. So this is another decently lengthy one, not as much, not as lengthy, but I guess this is this is becoming a thing here where we're just kind of reviewing the cruise in in long form on here. I'll see how it goes. Um, Tommy, here are some thoughts on our recent 11-day Celebrity Equinox cruise. First, the ship was recently dry docked. Not sure what was done, but the ship is in excellent condition. We were in a balcony, aqua-class cabin. This gave us spa privileges and the ability to dine in Blue, a specialty restaurant for breakfast and dinners. That's awesome. So let me know. Tell me what you thought about the spa cabin. Is it something? Now, you got it with the room. Is it something you would have paid for? You know what I mean? While we're on the topic, that was a topic of the last email too. Number one, point one, our embarkation was swift, less than 20 minutes curb to ship. Celebrity lets you drop off your carry-on luggage in your room immediately, even if the steward isn't done with his chores yet. A really nice touch, not having to lug around the luggage. I've never had to lug around the luggage. I've always been able to leave my, well, maybe because I get on the ship late. Two, point number two, meals at Blue were excellent. A great dining experience for every meal. All right, so tell me what Blue was. Was it American? Was it multi? Was it fusion? Was it seafood? What was Blue? Number three, Equinox Spa was not enhanced during the dry dock. It had the heated tile loungers and two steam rooms. Lots of other ships have more in the spa area, so this was a bit of a disappointment. Okay, so it just had... Uh, the heated tile loungers, I know what that is. That's just like a little thermal room. And then two steam rooms. Okay, so you didn't get a philosophy pool. And there was no uh, salt room. There was no cold room. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, this, the two nice steam rooms is nice and the nice little thermal room. But you got it for free, I guess. So I guess that answers the question. I wonder what they would have charged for it. You know what I mean? Norwegian has all those things. They have the cold room. They have... You know the large thalassotherapy pool. They have the ther- the 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 salt room, the three different types of steam rooms, and it's very very comfortable. It's a very zen area. So they charge. What do they charge? I think one sixty for like a you know eight day cruise. Not really sure, but what you know what Equinox charged? Let me know. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Celebrity Equinox. You know what they charged? Uh, port Port Day One, St. Thomas. Boom. Curious to read this one. We opted to take the water taxi. Not sure if there's a difference between a water taxi and a ferry, but this was a water taxi to Water Island. That makes sense. Water taxi to Water Island. Water Island, that's where they had the real world, right? After that, we walked to the Honeymoon Beach. Uh, Beautiful, lots of turtles and a bar at either end. Red Stripe Beer was the beer of the day at one of the bars. I may have had one or two. (laughs) I bet you did. Each bar is a bunch of free lounges and umbrellas as long as you purchase something at their establishment. Beach is beautiful, very relaxing day. So that was a beach on Water Island, I'm assuming. Uh, Port Deuce to St. Croix. I've never been to St. Croix. He's an island boy. Stones throw from St. Croix. 
sorry. Uh, we did a celebrity excursion to Buck Island National Park. This is a USA National Park about a half a mile off sink off of St. Croix, and the snorkeling was fantastic. Their reefs have not been impacted by the recent hurricanes. They are beautiful. Celebrity uses Caribbean Sea Adventures to run their excursions to Buck Island. Next time, we will save a few dollars and book with them directly. Lots of rum punch on the way back. All right, red stripe on day one, uh, rum punch on day two. That's a good start. Port, port day three, Antigua. I've never been there either. This is crazy. Um, we went by cab to Valley Church Beach. The beach is sugar white sand, absolutely beautiful. However, it's so fine it made the water cloudy. Not so much snorkeling. $20 for two loungers and an umbrella. However, the vendors on this beach were extremely annoying. Reminded me of Nassau. They also had jet skis for rent. However, the folks were running the jet skis right next to the swim area. I would expect a novice jet skier to accidentally enter the swimming zone and hurt someone. Antigua is beautiful, but Valley Church Beach is a fail for us. We won't be returning there. Okay, good information. If you go to Antigua, maybe steer clear of Valley Church Beach. Port Day 4 Barbados, we used Silver Moon Charters for a snorkeling trip. They picked us up at the ship and transported us by bus, short ride to their catamaran. Boat was beautiful. They only had 12 guests at a time, so there was lots of personalized service. That's nice. They had pretty a pretty stocked bar, not just rum punch, and we went to two very good snorkel spots. We then sailed for a couple of hours. Their lunch was not the typical excursion food, you know, the sandwich buffet and rum punch. Instead, they opened up some tables, and we had a wonderful meal with china plates and real forks and knives. Then the frozen drinks began. On the way back, they even had cold towels for everyone to use to sponge off prior to departing. This was a wonderful excursion. I recommend it to anyone. How was the snorkeling, though? Did you see some cool fish? Like, was the reef cool? I've been on some snorkeling that was absolutely kaleidoscopic and breathtaking, and then I've been on some snorkeling that was kind of pedestrian, where if you're lucky, you see a swimming turtle. So let me know. What do you think? What was... uh? This was Silver Moon Charters. How was the actual snorkeling? Um, Port, Port Day 5, St. Lucia. Never been there either. This is crazy. Uh, we went to a resort for the day. Rendezvous Resort. A good plan. You know what I mean? You got, you're got you into the islands. You got into the other islands a little bit. Got into the beaches. Enjoyed them. And then you know what? You did a resort for a day day in St. Lucia, which I hear is deadly anyway and murderous. So it's probably the best idea. Uh, Rendezvous Resort. A wonderful beach with a free Hobie Cats and Paddle. Free Hobie cats and paddle boards available. They had two pools, one with a swim up bar and a lazy river for drifting through the property. That's nice. Love a good lazy river. The waiter came by about every 15 minutes to see if we needed water or a drink. The lunch buffet was outstanding, a mixture of American food and local island specialties. Can I get a little information on which local island specialties? Was it conch? Was it jerk chicken? Was it was it uh was it was it oxtail was it arepas was it i don't know just, you know me love hearing about food <laughs> the bar stocked 11 types of rum oh that's fine i only need one all of them were top shelf again i recommend this for anyone that wants to spend a wonderful beach day sounds like a really cool resort for a day rendezvous resort definitely check out look into it see what the prices are and enjoy it Port Day 6, St. Martin. We were getting tired by this point. We went via water taxi to downtown St. Martin and rented. So, okay, okay, so you can do that. 
all right so just so you do know though make sure you do know that it is completely walkable i learned that after the first time i went to st martin a lot of times they'll have you think that you got to pay five ten dollars whatever to get there by water taxi yes it's a nice little ride and if you don't mind paying it that's great just know that downtown st martin downtown uh what is it phillipsburg is is perfectly walkable um so they went by water taxi to downtown St. Martin, rented two lounges and an umbrella at Holland House, $25 each. Oh, yes, that included four drinks. The beach there is wonderful, and the restaurant at the Holland House was very good. She's talking about Great Bay Beach, if I'm not mistaken. They had showers, a changing area, so we got ready to shop St. Martin. After spending too much money, we had the national drink of St. Martin, the Guava Berry Colada. I did not know that definitely you guys hear that always be both group gurus pirates and peer runners we gotta have ourselves a guava berry colada when we get to st martin are we going to st martin yes we are by the way yeah again the holland house was perfect for us i recommend it for a lazy beach day number 10 back to fort lauderdale the ship arrived on time we carried our bags off about 7 15 and we're in the car by 7 30 this was our second time on Celebrity Equinox. It was even better the second time around. Regards, Richard. P.S. My toes still have glitter painted on them. Still, still can't figure out how that happened. <laughs> you might have stepped in something, Richard. Richard, I got a question. Okay, Sandra, you listening? This is a question we had. Trying to get a transfer Okay, from the port to the airport. And I got on the phone with Royal Caribbean with Sandra. And they told us that the earliest thing that they could do was like 11 o'clock in the morning. So it was weird. If you had like an early flight, you know what I mean? You were kind of screwed. Or even if you had like a noon flight, which she has like a noon noon 15 flight, and it's like she's wondering if she's going to make it in time, which is a legitimate concern. You want to give yourself some time to breathe. But it, do they do transfers or are you on your own? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like I told Sandra, Uber is probably the way to go anyway. It's very, very close. It's probably cheaper and it's more personal. And you can do Uber, um, Uber share. What is it called? Uber pool. So I might recommend that. All right, here we go. Hey, Tommy, I recently started listening to Always Be Booked, and I love it. Having some crude podcasts in my playlist helps me always keep cruising in the forefront of my mind, which makes the wait before a cruise feel that much more exciting. I'm booked on the MSC Meraviglia on a back-to-back January-February 2020 sailing. Between your podcast and cruise radio, I've got a lot of content to fill my time. Yeah, shout out to Cruise Radio, that little podcast. Yeah, they're doing pretty good over there. You know, I see big things for them over at Cruise Radio. I've been trying to work my way through your back catalog, but I've run into an issue. For some reason, the podcast feed only shows the last 100 episodes, so there are quite a few early episodes that I can't listen to. I see this in every podcast app I try on both iPhone and Android devices, and I can't, and I can see the shortened list of episodes if I look at and can see the shortened list of episodes if I look at the podcast feed in a browser. So it seems to be a problem with the feed itself. The only place I actually see the full episode list is on the Podomatic page. Uh, I'm starting to get worried as I get to the more recent episodes. I'm up to episode 58, so there's still ways to go. Since the quality has been getting better and better, the longer I wait to hear the old episodes, the worse they will seem by comparison. Is there a way to set it up so I can get the full feed? 
I'm trying to figure out what you mean. Um, you're getting worried. As I get to the more recent episodes, I'm up to episode 58, so there's still a ways to go. Since the quality has been getting better and better, the longer I wait to hear the old episodes, the worse they will seem by comparison. <clears throat> um, I don't... Yeah, the Potomatic is the way to go. Why can't you just listen to it via Potomatic, right? You can get that on your uh, phone as well, right? I don't know why they do that. It makes sense to me, though. Um, I would imagine that it would be hard for all these podcast catchers to be able to get everybody's fullback catalog. Maybe it is my end. Maybe it is the feed. I could look into that, and I'll try to figure it out. But... um, I know, I know, I know. That's only showing the last hundred episodes, and I do have to look into that. But I, I think that's the issue. So if you do go to Potomatic, you can hear them, but that's the only way right now. I'll look into it. I would just see it's probably something where, like, so if everybody in the world podcasting is not new anymore, but I guess maybe it's relatively new when you compare it to radio, and everybody, more and more people are starting to listen to podcasts, so more and more people more and more people are creating podcasts, and all these podcast catchers, I mean, their servers can only be so big, right? So maybe the 100 episode thing is like a little bit of an across the board thing to where they're like, okay, we can't, we can't have every episode of every podcast in the world. Say this guy wants to make a podcast every half hour. You know what I mean? How are we gonna how are we gonna be able to you know host all those podcasts? I'm not sure. But I will look into that. It's definitely a curiosity point for me. I agree. Hello Tommy. I keep hearing you say that you want to try Disney Cruise Line. I love Disney Cruise Line, but I think you would not. <laughs> I have also cruised on Royal Caribbean and Norwegian and can honestly say that Disney is nothing like those two. Disney has no casino. Yes, you're right. That is big. In fact, except for the Panama Canal crossing I did two years ago, there's really not much adult entertainment at all. Sure, there are character meet and greets after the evening, which does nothing for me. After the show and an adult game, a variety show, and a few nights, but they're sparsely attended and pretty lame. Most people on Disney have children, and although the kids' clubs are open till midnight, the nightlife tends to be a little slow. Couple that with the fact that there is no drink package and the Wi-Fi is terrible, you can find yourself... And your crew looking for you can find yourself and your crew looking for something to do. The shows on Disney are first rate and the service is consistently good. The restaurants and theming of the ships are amazing and the cleanliness and maintenance are unmatched at sea. If you want a quiet, relaxing trip where you take where you take in the details, Disney is for you. I'm just not sure that you are really want to spend the premium on Disney unless you are a big Disney fan or going to a family trip. I love Disney Cruise Line and would have t- and and have taken many cruises on it, with the exception of the lack of drink packages and internet situation, I have nothing bad to say about them. Based on how you tell stories about your cruising exploits, however, you need to think long and hard before you spend your hard-earned Casaboni money <laughs> on DCL. Andrea from Orlando. Andrea, old buddy, how you been? It's been a while since we heard from Andrea from Orlando. My former neighbor never gave me a shout-out while I was in town. Um, Just kidding. You're probably right, 100%. You're probably right. All I'll say is that just basically because of what I do. See, two things. I hear from people who I do trust that that they love Disney, a la Dan who keeps going on Disney cruises now. But that's the thing, though. Dan's a Disney fan. Dan's a Star Wars fan. Dan's a character fan. I'm not. I could care less. So, boom. 
mark against Disney. Secondly, you just hear how good the service is. And I would like to see for purposes of just, I guess, research, learning what um, the Disney touch is. And is it really all about just because there's characters and next level shows? Or is the service that noticeably different? So for research purposes. But I am going to go ahead and agree with you, Andrea. And I guess we're doing this for 10 years now. And we haven't booked a Disney cruise. So I guess, you know, the proof is in the pudding. I always say I would like to try it. If the right crew and the right islands and the right price came at me. If Disney invited me on a cruise to check it out for, you know, to do a episode about it, I would do it. They hosted me, but they don't do that. You know what I mean? It's Disney. Uh, but yeah, I probably won't end up on a Disney cruise trip anytime soon. Hi, Tommy. I'm a big fan of the podcast, and I've been listening since my first cruise earlier this spring. My husband just surprised me with our next cruise, a five-day on Carnival Paradise leaving December 2nd. I'm very excited to go, and I am blown away by his decision to surprise me with a cruise, even though he didn't enjoy the first one that much because he got seasick. This might be a dumb question, but I thought I'd ask someone who might know. Do you have any recommendations or on products to help with seasickness? I've done some Google searching, but have seen so many mixed reviews on what to bring. I want my husband to enjoy this cruise, so so he so generously surprised me with. So if you have any tips, I'd appreciate it. One more question for you. We're two young newlyweds in our mid-20s, enjoying being newly married and kid-free. And I'd love to be able to cruise a lot more in our future before we settle down and start a family. What are some of your favorite ports you visited? Kayla. All right, Kayla, congratulations on being a newlywed. And that's awesome. I mean, isn't that what marriage is all about and compromise? You know what I mean? Your husband clearly considers you a catch because uh, he doesn't uh, have the greatest first cruise experience to brag about even though you liked it he said you know what let's give it another run and you being equally reciprocative of that by writing to me and asking me about possible seasick medication and i reciprocate back to you that no i got nothing for you no i'm kidding no i really don't um let's let's search it right now uh best cure for seasickness how let's do how to handle how to handle seasickness i heard i did look this up once i think before my um first cruise i heard that it at the end of the day i don't want to, I don't want to get anybody pissed but i did hear that at the end of the day seasickness is in your mind like it becomes physical, but it's created by the mind. Um, here are some ways you can reduce the risk of becoming seasick. Be well rested before you sail. So if you're tired, I guess that plays into it. Take anti-medic, anti-medic drugs. What's an anti-medic drug? So let's research that now. Anti, anti-medic Antimedic meds. Um, Dexpack. Dolostra. These names. Epripapant. Epripapant. Dexamethosine. Dexpack. 
Dolestron, Enzimit, Ganzateron, Crytel. These comic book characters are a freaking drugs. Odensera, Zolfrin, Aloxy, Varubi, Benadryl. Bonnie, but Benadryl makes you tired, right? All right, natural antimetics. Ginger root. So take have ginger. Do some ginger shakes uh, or, or, or juices. Juice a little bit and have some ginger in there. Um, the drugs that I mentioned before, if they sound at all familiar, take some of them. Uh, get fresh air. Definitely breathe in a lot of fresh air. Don't go to the casino. Request a cabin midship and near the waterline. That's definitely true because I could tell you we were forward. I'm not prone to seasickness at all, and apparently Joe isn't either. Um, but we were rocking, rocking, and rolling. So definitely go near the midship. That's definitely a thing. Um, wear an acupressure wristband. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that really works or not, but people do it. I see it all the time. Uh, avoid stimuli that can trigger that can trigger nausea. Um, Choose your itinerary carefully. It doesn't make doesn't make sense. Here's ten more tips to beat motion sickness. Uh, take control of the situation. Not being in the driver's seat can contribute to motion sickness when you're traveling by car. All right, well you can't do that. Curb your consumption. When you consumption Watch your consumption on foods, drinks, and alcohol before and during travel. Avoid excessive alcohol. See, I would say drink extra alcohol because you know what? Then it just becomes fun. Um, Don't eat foods that don't agree with you or typically don't agree with you. Don't take chances, I guess. Uh, Don't get unusually full. Uh, Don't eat foods with strong odors or the ones that are heavy in spices or fat-rich. They may worsen the symptoms. Uh, Get into position. Try to choose a seat where you will experience the least motion. We talked about that. That's midship. Equalize your sensory cues. If you're getting seasick, lie down to help your sensory systems become congruent. On a train, sit in front facing seat so your eyes relay. So always face forward. Face in the direction you're going. Talk yourself down. You can actually talk yourself out of motion sickness. See, this is what I just told you. This could be considered a, a, a mental thing. And that's what I think it is. Uh, you can actually talk yourself out of motion sickness. A study found that verbal placebos, simply telling sailors they won't get seasick, have been effective in preventing seasickness. Set your own expectations before traveling. I'm not going to get seasick this time. Um, affirmative self-talk. That tells you right there. It's all in the mind. Um Get desensitized. Desensitization therapy works for minimizing or even curing motion sickness. Expose yourself to short bursts of activities that cause symptoms and then work up to longer periods. Also, practice. So maybe take a boat ride. Before you cruise, go out on a boat. You know what I mean? Spend a lot of time on a boat. Do a fishing trip. Go on one of those charters or something like that. Bounce around a little bit. You won't feel when you get on a big cruise ship, it'll feel like no big deal. Uh, pre-treat with ginger. Okay, ginger. This is the second run on ginger. Some studies support using ginger as an effective premeditative measure for motion sickness. At the very least, it can't hurt. Take one or two grams of ginger a half hour before traveling for best results. Uh, get in touch with your pressure points. There's conflicting evidence. Forget about your pressure points. If you want to do that, do that. Um, 
Write it out. Ceasing should clear up on its own after a couple of days. The human body possesses an enormous ability to accommodate situations like incongruence between the sensory systems. Again, think it away. It's mental. It's in your mind. When all else fails, medicate. If you have motion sickness, they have the medicine, the pills for motion sickness. They also have those ear patches. I don't know what those are, but you see people wearing stuff behind their ear for motion sickness. Your other question is regarding the ports of call. My favorite, I should do that too. My favorite region to cruise to is Eastern Caribbean. There you're going to get your saints. You know what I mean? Your St. Martin, your St. Saint, your Saint Kitts, your St. Saint Thomas, which is my favorite. You also, a lot of times, you get San Juan out there. Uh, you get Tortola out there. I like, for me, Kayla, I like elevation. I like a cruise that goes to some ports that has some topography. I like to get up into the mountains on these cruises and look down and see what's beautiful. You know what I mean? Look at the other islands around it. See the beautiful green water. Look down on the cruise ship and get some beautiful pictures and just breathe in that beautiful mountain air and have some drinks. That's me, the Saints, Eastern Caribbean. I also absolutely love Aruba. Aruba, there is so much to do. And if you're going to go to Aruba, the thing that I haven't done that everybody says you got to do is take an ATV and ride around Aruba. Aruba's not got a nice breeze to it. Aruba is remarkably dry for how hot it is. And it, it's almost like a mixture of tropics and desert. Definitely check out Aruba. Um, I also happen to like Nassau that most people don't like. Um, I just think that if you can get past the straw market and all the aggressive people trying to push stuff on you, and you can get past, you know, maybe it not being the most clean downtown area, which, listen, it's a it's a downtown city district. It's city living, so you're going to have some pieces of paper on the floor or junk or this and that. But you have Atlantis. You have Cabbage Beach. You have Blue Lagoon Beach. You have... Um, uh, Arawak Fish Fry, you have the Never Say Never Again Bar, you have um, Junkanoe Beach, the downtown area, if you're not afraid of a little bit of rusticity, walk around, check out the Pirate Museum, there's so much to do, the food is delicious, you have the conch salad, you have the conch fritters, um, I like Nassau as well, uh, San Juan has also always been one of my favorite ports, San Juan hands down is the best port to sail into, if you're ever going to go into San Juan, don't miss the sail in, or the sail away for that matter, sail away is a lot of times at night, so you don't really get as good a view, but don't miss the sail into San Juan, you really feel like you're entering a different period of time, it's beautiful, check out the forts, all that type of thing, um, I, of course, if you're going to go west, I love, oh, and I love Jamaica. I love people talk shit about Jamaica, uh, but I like all the things you could do. You could do the Blue Hole, the Dun River Falls, the Bob Marley Tour, the Mystic Mountain, the the Pine, the Roller Coaster, uh, tons of stuff you could do at Jamaica as well. And Cozumel is gorgeous as well because the ruins. Um, you can hang out on Cozumel. There's not a whole lot to do, but there is some really good beaches. And if you like to dive, Cozumel, I've been told by more than several people that uh, diving is best in Cozumel than anywhere in the Caribbean region. But um, aside from that, it's not a whole lot going on in Cozumel. You could definitely, it's a great place to do resorts for a day, Nachi Cacom or um, Mr. Sancho's. Or, like I said, 
you want to splurge a little bit, I definitely think going to the ruins. You want to know what the ruins are? You have Koba, which is the one I went to, which the one I like because I like to climb on. Again, with my whole theory and my theme, I like to elevate. I like to get on top of things. Um, so Koba, I loved. Not the most impressive of the ruins, but the fact that you can climb and actually feel like you're on an adventure, I like it. You also have Tulum. The advantage of Tulum is that it's very, very nice, but also very proximal to the beach. And then if you're looking for the ultimate, ultimate ruins experience, you want to go to Chichen Itza. Disadvantage to Chichen Itza it is, is that it's quite a haul. So depending upon what you like in Cozumel, that's what you need to do. Those are my recommendations for my favorite places to go in the Caribbean. Moving on. You know what? We're going to cut it off here. I'm going to save some of these emails for next time. We're definitely going to hear from Gary next time. And we're definitely going to hear from uh, Andres next time. Uh, I just think we're running a little long here. And I want to, you know, like I said, we don't always get uh, this amount of emails in every single week. So if we do have a slow week, we'll hear from Gary and Andres next week. That's about it, guys. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you bearing with me over the uh, fact that it's a little bit late this week because of the, uh, you know, a little under the weather, but we're good. Um, And that's about it. Don't forget, Always Be Booked Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Now, we do have the Always Be Booked uh, Cruisers Mega Loft, and that is for the Patreons. You can join it if you want to. It's just a matter of if you want to deal with that or not. There's a lot of Patreon talk. Some people are in there that aren't in the Patreon because they're deciding if they want to join the Patreon. Now, the Patreon, again, patreon.com slash booked, And that will get you an extra show every single day of the freaking week. Uh, except the day I do the show on. Can you give me a break? The day I do the two and a half hour show. Can we Can we have that be the Patreon? Every other day, there is an extra show, period, end of story. Um, what else? YouTube. Very Getting very, very close to YouTube, to 1,000 subscribers. Just check out Always Be Booked. And the good old Instagram. Always be booked on Instagram. But make sure, guys, make sure if you're listening to this show that you are in the Always Be Booked Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Thank you guys for so much for listening. You guys are the best. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Where I'll ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down, down in the sand where it's cool Put me down, and 
And when I fall on my stool, put me down I'll just sleep there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads from So get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the so get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads from